If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't need no wine and I want something high class. class. I've spent my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. for tuning into romancing the pod you had us at hello i'm Paige wesley i'm mikey randolph and i'm todd schlosser and today we watched the wedding, the wedding singer. singer yay yeah. so i'm assuming that you guys have seen this movie before absolutely uh this is yeah, a, my- a personal favorite of mine really all right yes. nice when did you first see it Paige? yeah Paige, i saw this uh, not too long after it came out, uh, like, like as like, like in theaters. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I saw okay, it rented okay. afterwards. I, I, what I suspect happened is that my parents saw it in theaters, and then rented it for <laughs> us to watch afterwards. Nice, yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Mikey, did you see this in theaters? Uh, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I, I saw it soon after. I, I must have rented it. I haven't seen it in a few years, and it was one of those movies. Paige and I talked about this before we watched it. And I was like. I really liked Wedding Singer like 10, 15, 20 years ago. I really hope yeah. it's aged okay. You know, like I hope it's not one of those movies you watch and you're like, man, this is just not flying now. This is not great. I but think it, it largely holds up. I do have some yeah. notes yeah. as an adult watching it, but I would say largely it it holds it up to the test of time. Yeah, this came out when I, when we were all kids, right? right. It came out in 98. Mm-hmm. So I saw it. I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I'm pretty sure I probably watched it in my friend's basement because that's where I was at this time in my life all the time. Mm-hmm. But I remember really loving it and just watching it so much and quoting it so much with my friends. And, but I probably haven't seen it in 15 years. So watching it today right before this was like a treat. I really enjoyed it. I will say that when I was young and stupid, it was like my least favorite Adam Sandler movie because I was like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, those things are hilarious. Wedding things okay. No, shampoo is better. <laughs> yeah, and, no, I mean, same, Mikey, same. And, and now, as an adult... Happy Gilmore is hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But as an adult, I think Wedding Singer is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. It is my favorite Ooh, okay. Adam Sandler movie yeah. by mm-hmm. far. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I've this grown. Stone Cold, my favorite. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I kind of noticed, and and we'll get into it in more detail, obviously. The one thing that kind of bugged me about it is that uh, Drew Barrymore has no discernible character traits other than being nice. 
Like we don't learn anything else about her. <laughs> She's just nice and a waitress. And, and that makes her perfect yeah. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and she's dating an asshole. Like, like other than that, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's like her. But, but I, this movie clearly does not pass the Bechdel test. Like, uh, uh, no, you're right. It does not. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it doesn't. I mean, I can I can call Jamie Loftus. Oh, ex- explain uh, and to see, everyone. But there's no way she's going to return my call. Explain to everyone what the Bechdel test is. Uh, the Bechdel test is a test to see how quote unquote feminist a movie is by gauging whether or not your female characters are three dimensional characters as opposed to two dimensional characters to prop up the male's storyline, which is the case in this movie. Uh, yeah, but and it's pretty much like if two female characters talk together about something that's not a man that is not about the man yes Yes. Mm -hmm. i know what it is but i just wanted everyone to be explained right 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 but it's like the lowest bar in cinema like that is not a hard bar to clear and most movies surprisingly don't clear yeah yeah most don't clear this one definitely doesn't in large part because I do think that most of the women in this movie do serve to further Adam Sandler's narrative as the main character, uh, yeah, which is same. like viewing it now, 20 years after it came out. Not great. Do I think that this movie would be slightly different if it was made today? Yeah, probably. And I think that's probably yeah. what would we would see if it was made. Currently. Yeah. And then narratively, I'm not making excuses for it, but I mean, like Adam Sandler becomes like the friend or whatever. So there's not a lot of scenes with you with uh Julia Gulia and other women at all. Yeah, the only one. How dare you use her un her, her married <laughs> quote unquote future name. future name? She never became Julia Gulia. Yes, uh, Holly, her her friend, I believe cousin Holly, right. is is yeah. her only female friend. Period in the yeah. film, in the worlds yeah. that we see, she's the only one. Um and. Holly is purely there to be a slutty friend. Yeah. Uh right. she she has I would more say characterization. Sex positive, yeah, but yeah. She has more characters characterization than Julia does by virtue of being the more sexually promiscuous person within this story. You know, I would like to see what Twilight's doing with like the Edward viewpoint novel. I would like to see I the Julia Gulia point of view movie made today i to oh, be wow. on, no, okay i'll be real with you <laughs> yeah i think that'd be a very sad movie <laughs> it would be like her fiance is cheating on her constantly she is yeah. being she gaslit has to, home to become a waitress yes. yeah like absolutely like i think that it would be very sad and honestly i think the more fun spinoff of this would be to see steve bashimi's character go from being a drunk brother of some guy who's getting married to <laughs> how did he become the wedding singer at the end it, it is not explained and i'm okay with it <laughs> no i need to know i need to know well, Todd, that's a very male dominant perspective that you're sharing you know what i that's fair i appreciate you calling me out on that i apologize i'm gonna pitch this option for you <laughs> Ooh, i like it the wedding happens at the beginning he's drunk yeah which we'll get into in like two seconds when we get into the movie in between right. then, Calm down, guys. in between then, and his scene at the end of the movie, Reservoir Dogs occurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 okay. You know what? So what you're saying is the movie I want already exists, and it's called Reservoir Dogs. Yes. And that band at the end is actually just called Mr. Pink. Yes, and it's it's his like that's his witness protection. <laughs> 
So let's get into this movie. So this movie. Yeah, let's get this fucking movie. Oh, also, I will add, uh, I think it is really fascinating that there's it doesn't pass the Bechtel test and Julia's character has no con- discernible characteristics. Carrie Fisher was brought in to fix the script and make it like more heartfelt. And like all she concentrated on was improving Drew Barrymore's character. Which really? to me is like, what was it before? Right? I know. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to see that script. I mean, just to see how bad it was. Yeah, because I would, I would tell you that the version we get of Drew Barrymore in this film is largely just Drew Barrymore being charming. Like, she yeah. is pulling all the weight. The script gives her next to nothing. Yeah, I think most of the best moments between them are nonverbal. I yeah, they're agree. all like the looks that they're able to convey. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's yeah, let's get into. We'll talk about it when we get yeah. into it. Yeah, let's get into it. So let's get into the movie. this movie takes place in 1985, and that is actually very, very important. I'll mention it a few different times throughout the movie because they make a myriad of choices throughout the film based on that year, and that's something that is not really explicitly talked about within the film, but. All of their set design and soundtracking is predicated on it being 1985 in Ridgefield, New Jersey, which is a suburb. Um, right. Now, Drew Barrymore would have been 10 years old in 1985. Uh, Adam Sandler would have been 19. So I feel like ah, that's why oh. we're getting this movie in this time frame is, you know, that's when Adam Sandler's coming of age. It's clear that he mm-hmm. wrote this specifically for that. Um, right, but not for specifically Drew Barrymore as at a age 10 year old. Because no. then Chris Hansen would also have been in this movie and he would have, yeah, and he would have invited Adam Sandler to have a seat. I was just watching it and thinking that she had the same haircut that she did in E.T. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> E.T. is the early 80s. Like, how old would she have been in this and did some Googling? Oh. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I think my suspicion, and I, you know, I haven't read any interviews or anything. Like this is the probably the closest version of like real Adam Sandler we get because he is funny and like witty and goofy, but also he's definitely more emotional and like uh, more nuanced, I think, than any of the characters he portrays and most any other movie except like Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, it does feel like a midpoint transition from like slapsticky sort of funny like the earlier Adam Sandler's movies were and then sort of what he's done post that like super comedy career. I really related to his character because I feel like it did a good representation of someone who is funny, like naturally funny and charming and witting and also like how they like express their feelings and like they like they feel deeply and stuff like, you know, he's a sarcastic asshole, but also like feels big. And I, I like that because I, I kind of relate to that. Yeah, Mikey, I actually pegged you more for his limo driving best friend. I hate you. I do. I love that guy, though. He cracks me up through this whole movie. Me too. I love him. I love him so much. I've had moments like that where you turn to me like, it's not that fun. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. No, I know. And Mikey, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the movie. Cause I, I have moments where I was like, I've had this conversation with Mikey before, <laughs> but like, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get into all of that guys. Let's yeah. get into the movie. I, I would say it. this movie has a lot more subtlety than his early work. And I think that's what we're seeing is like, we see him yeah. as a grounded real person, even though this world yeah. is pretty goofy. Uh, I will say Drew Barrymore is basically playing herself in this movie. She was one yes. of our customers when I worked at the Grove. So like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So I, I've met Drew a handful of times, and she's almost exactly like this. <laughs> so she's that so just nice? like a super charming, nice. She's person? super nice. Yeah, we never had a problem with her. That's awesome. Which like, 
there are some people who have been raging assholes to retail workers and they are like well known and she is not one of them. She was always super cool to us. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. She yeah. does seem very nice. She was very, very yeah. sweet. She was also eight months pregnant and still shopping around. So, you know, if anyone had a right to kind of be a dick, <laughs> it's an eight month old pregnant <laughs> <Yeah>. lady <laughs> in the Los Angeles Agreed. heat. Uh but yeah. So we open on a wedding. How did you feel about these credits? I, I liked them because yeah. we're right into the action. Yes. I love it. I Immediately hate into credits. it. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like, like we're in the movie and I loved it. So this wedding is, and I, the only reason I bring this up, it's super fun. It's high energy. It's jewel tones. It's fun as shit. Uh, my, yeah. my mom was married in 1982. My parents were married yes. in 1982. I was about to say to your dad. Yes, <laughs> no, to my dad. There, like. uh, my parents were married in 1982, and they had very, very similar colors at their wedding. Ooh. Oh, my God. Now, here's what's crazy. I demand pictures. I have them. I had similar colors at my wedding because yes. I demand pictures. Because my wedding was uh, <laughs> like I didn't have the like turquoise green that they have, but my my wedding venue was hot pink. Like everything in it was pink and crazy, <sighs> and then I, I had it. like pinks and greens and whatever. Oh, um, now this wedding. I will say this is our fourth episode, and you've mentioned your wedding like on three. Of Thank them. you. It's a and comedy about romance. Okay, I mean, it's a I know podcast it's, it's, about it only romance. happened a couple months ago, and it's the only <laughs> happy thing that's happened in the last twelve months. So, if I ever no, I understand. have sex again, that's what's going to happen on this show. Is that you're going to talk about, about having sex on every episode? <laughs> Did you guys ever bust one? It feels great. Um, <laughs> oh, no. That's Mikey in eight months well, when we can start going out again. That doesn't seem that did not joke didn't play well, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you say that, I see how that reflected off of me. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the wedding that we're seeing in this movie looks like all of our parents' wedding photos. Like I don't yes. know how your yeah. parents' wedding photos look, but they look like this movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean it looked like this. Like my parents looked like this in the wedding, and I also believe that this couple are not going to last like my parents didn't last, you know, <laughs> 10 years and they're out. Like I get it. Um, so fun, yeah. fun fact, this is only one of three times he actually does wedding singing in this movie. Yes. And it's called the wedding singer. And it's called the wedding singer. Yeah. 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 He does bat mitzvah singing almost as much as he does wedding singing in this movie. <laughs> That's actually true. Cause he does at least two songs at that bar mitzvah. I know, which I'm into. Let's do it. Yeah. Now the funny, funny note about this wedding, uh, the headpiece the bride is wearing is the same one one of my former co-workers wore in her wedding photos in the same year. As a joke? No. So when oh. I worked for Sir Latab, I had a co-worker oh who was God. married around this time, and I actually like reached out to try and get a copy of the photo to be like, am I crazy or was it the same? It's the same headpiece. <laughs> that is same amazing. hairstyle. I was just like, oh my God. I, I'll have to dig around. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these are perfect credits. I, I do want to bring up. So Tim Herlihy is credited as the screenwriter, although there were, yes. as Mikey mentioned, multiple rewrites after. The notable thing about Tim Herlihy is he's written almost every single Adam Sandler movie, and he's actually in this movie. For like a hot second. Oh, really? He cameos really? in almost every single Adam Sandler movie he writes. And he's in this movie for about 10 seconds. Um, oh. That's awesome. So we get into the wedding. He finishes singing. 
they're going to get into the toasts. And Steve Buscemi is the brother-in-law of the groom. And this is a horrendous toast. He's the best man and the brother-in-law. Yeah, he is the best man. Oh, and the brother. He's the brother of the groom. And and the best man. Uh, And and he's drunk. And this toast is a shit show. What's the worst toast you've seen at a wedding? I'm obsessed with wedding toasts. I have a real weird obsession about it because I get asked to do it a lot. And so my rule is always like a minute or less. Don't make it about anything but the bride and groom. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about anything else. Just be respectful. Maybe get one joke in. Get out. Yep. That's it. Those are like the pro tips. I went to a wedding where uh, the best man was super nervous, didn't love public speaking, and it was right around the time The Hangover came out. So he thought it would be funny if he did the toast to like that Zach Galifianakis does the on two the rooftop. Wolves. At, yeah. Okay. So he pulled out a piece of paper and read that toast. And honestly, if you were under the age of 30, you were cracking up. And if you were over the age of 30 who had not seen the movie, you were like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> And my friend's mother, who I was there at his wedding, leaned over to me because I was next to her. And I don't know if you you know this about that, to- like that toast or whatever that Zach Galifianakis says. He talks about how they do coke and stuff. Yes, like that. yes. So the groom's mother leaned over to me and said, "Did you guys do coke at the bachelor party?" Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I would have laughed. Yeah. So I had to explain to my best friend's mom that, no, we did not do coke. He's doing lines from a movie, and that's why everyone's laughing. And then, honestly, he did like a 30-second real speech at the very end of that. It was very heartfelt. No jokes, but it was great. I thought it was great. He should have just done that 30 seconds. But it was very confusing to everyone who had not seen that movie. Well, and weddings are, you know, weddings mostly have old people at them. So, like, yes, play to the cheap seats. Um, Yeah, and he did not. Yeah. Mikey, what's your worst toast? I'm trying to think, and like, I don't think I've. I mean, the worst ones are just forgettable. I guess I I've done yeah. some good ones. I will I will say. Oh, I bet you have, Mikey. Uh, the waitress was like, "You should do this for a living," and I was like, "I don't know how, what what do you, I don't know how to give toast for a living." Uh, I've had like, people say that too, and I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of do," except <laughs> it's just it's not about specific people. I you know. <laughs> um. Excuse me, are you familiar with Santa? Yeah, I will say, I will say that that's why they always, asked me yeah. to do this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've I've seen a couple of like made of honor toasts go like real weird. Oh like, yeah. Oh man. The, I feel the maid like, of honor is a dicey one because if she's drinking even a little yes, bit too much, yes, it's not going to be a great speech. Tears, speed. random shopping stories. Yes, talks about craft like, night. <laughs> yes, I've Those seen boots. it all. Yes. I've just I've just seen a middle a, like a million of like we've always been best friends. <laughs> you so yeah. much and you, you don't you dare hurt her. Like that's the stuff that so I'm just like so much <laughs> of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or if like um like the brother of the groom or the brother of the bride says something he's like don't make me kick your ass, bro and you're like I'm at a I'm at my wedding. Why are you saying this to me? Yeah, I had I don't know. I've just seen some really <laughs> stupid shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Adam Sandler as the wedding singer saves the day. This is a great wedding MC. Yes. 
to yes. step in and, and be like, yeah, enough with great. the toasts. Thank you. Well, yeah, because the brother's yeah. like, remember that time we hired prostitutes? He's like, okay. <laughs> Hello. At least I think they were prostitutes. Yeah. I don't remember paying. Sorry. <laughs> Sex workers. He's, right. He says well, I mean, We're quoting the movie. Yes. Right. Mikey knows the correct term. Yes, but yes, yeah. yes. That's uh, what he said. So he yeah. puts George up to sing basically for the slow dance. <laughs> what is this what does this movie have against boy George? I like, don't know, like but they... I because I, I love Ugh. Culture Club personally. <laughs> right? Uh, so is this do person you really so, want to hurt me? Is this character supposed to be actually boy, boy George? No. It is someone who is very boy George-esque, though. Very yeah. like on the line, on the gender spectrum, if it was today, may even choose those pronouns. Here's my first note about the music in this movie, because this song is featured three different times in this film, twice <laughs> yes, right now, because they do it two times in a row. That's, that was my favorite, because like George only does one song to sing. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> I will say that George is the unsung genius of the band. <laughs> that guy, girl, however he wants to be called. I'll, I'll say girl because they transitioned later in life. That girl can play keys, trombone, yes. clarinet, and can sing. That's, there is nothing that girl can't do. That's I my will favorite say. is because later he does. Later, George literally does switch between four different instruments in one song. He is yeah. the whole band. That's amazing. That's like musical genius level. Yes. That's a brass instrument, a woodwind, a, a keyboard instrument. Like, what are you doing? Yes. Oh so, my god, I love the scene. Okay, well, yeah, uh, we'll get to it when, we, when they when he sings it twice. Yeah, I have to talk about it because it cracked me up so much. So he uh, starts singing, uh, "Do you really want to hurt me?" by Culture Club. Now, yeah. the reason I bring this up and the reason I think the music in this movie is so important: almost every single song in this movie is three to four years older than when the movie is set. And really? Yes. And a lot of them are songs that were controversial at the time that they came out. So they would have been notable. But I think the reason for that is we're in the suburbs. So 1985 in the suburbs is the equivalent of like 1982 or 1983 in the city. <laughs> they get things a little later in the, in the yeah. suburbs. Which is in the why burbs. when they go out to the club with Glenn, the music gets a little bit newer. Yeah. And they oh. actually have some, you know, set pieces that are a little bit different. But uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club came out in 1982. So this would have been like new enough. It'd be like playing um, Happy by Pharrell at a wedding. It's a few oh, years yeah. old. Everyone's going to get on the dance floor, though. So this is them yeah, keeping current um, with music that's a couple years old. Uh, which I thought was really interesting, but they do it throughout the entire movie, which I think is really fun. Um, so the next scene, we kind of meet Julia really for the first time. I mean, we because well, Adam yeah. Sandler goes to talk to his best friend, the limo driver. Yeah, he's a limo driver. Right. Yeah. And, and he's like, I, he's like, why are you inside? He's like that waitress over there. Yeah. Mm hmm. I'm going yeah, to yeah. give it to she her. Yeah, she's new. I'm going to give it to her. She can get it, She Mikey. can get it. I'm going to give it to I her. I know how to use yeah. it, and I'm going to use it on her. <laughs> <laughs> and, Mikey, you wonder why I thought this guy was sort of your, your, your you. <laughs> Except I say that stuff as a joke. Do you? Is it, yeah. Is it a joke? Well, I don't say it about right. a specific person, because that's <laughs> rude. <laughs> 
excuse me, madame, <laughs> but you could get it. Would you would you perhaps like me to give it to you? <laughs> Is your muffin buttered? Would you like us to assign someone to butter your muffin? She was a waitress. I mean, th- those are questions that she might need to ask. Would but, you like I mean, a side of ranch dressing? You can make that I sexy. Like Sandler's character for this is I have a problem meeting guy friends. And I'll tell you one of the big reasons I have a problem having close guy friends is I was raised pretty much by my mom and I have mostly I I work mostly with women and I most of my good friends are female and I have a real problem with making guy friends because how they talk about women when women aren't around. Yeah. And I can uh, see that. And I like Adam Sandler's character because he never talks. He never degrades a woman uh, when she's off screen. He does once with Glenn, as a trap, as a and trap. I, yeah. yeah. He oh, does oh, yeah. But, that, a but that's a that's a different reason. Yes, I agree completely. Uh-huh. And I give him a pass on that because he's trying to test the. Uh, the he think, he's like, like, I think this guy's a douchebag. I let yeah. me let me. Yes. Do, yeah, we can get that to that scene. But you can tell yeah. he sincerely he cares about women as as people. And yeah. he, he like tells the limo driver, like, shut up, dude. That's like super terrible the way you're talking to somebody. He also which I think rats really him pr- out for it later, which I find yes, really he does. Which is hilarious. Which I would totally do to Mikey. I would never talk like that to about a specific I person. Know. I'm just saying that I would totally do that to you. I know. Which <laughs> That's the thing. If I ever do talk like that, do rat me out because I don't need to be talking like that. Yeah. yeah. See, and but that, I, but, that's a good male friend relationship when you have that accountability with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why and that's why I like Adam Sandler because there's a lot of guys I meet that I'm like, "Oh, they're cool. We could go out for drinks and stuff." And then like they just talk so much ridiculousness about women that and, and I just don't like it. That's uh, understandable. Anyway, I'm getting off my soapbox. But I, I thought it was one of the one of the really good ways this movie endears you to Adam Sandler's character. Yes, I yeah. I agree. I think it was mm-hmm. a very deliberate and purposeful choice and i think it's a good move that they made in the screenplay to mm-hmm. make Same. that kind of a, a feature of his character and it starts like the first scene all the way through the movie yeah it, it is consistent mm-hmm. uh now the very next scene is where we kind of meet holly so julia and holly go to the kitchen where first of all they're playing der commissar which did come out in about 1982 1983 uh, and you're right, but Paige, as you walk into the kitchen, as they walk into the kitchen, you hear the radio say, "I like old Coke better because, or I like old Coke better than new Coke because I'm old and I like Coke." And then he changes <laughs> yes. the radio station, and I was like, "That's such a weird thing to hear as you walk into Except the room." That it's like they're trying to new so, new Coke. Yeah, I know. Came it's out. Like they're trying yeah. to like place you in time and space, yeah. and like they're like trying to be like, "Oh yeah, remember new Coke?" <laughs> yes, guys, remember new Coke? I, and I thought that was really funny. Uh, one of the really interesting things about this, so the cook that they run into, who's kind of gross and greasy, is Robert Smigel, who was a famous SNL writer for years and the voice of Triumph, the insult comic dog. He oh. and Adam Sandler. No shit. Yes, he and Adam Sandler have been friends for years he still occasionally submits to snl so yeah but he's gone on to write a bunch of different stuff but that is robert smigel um with the the frankie say relax shirt um yeah 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 i love that so we find out in this conversation that julia moved to richfield to be closer to glenn to get him to marry her which is always a bad plan. Don't move for people. Yeah, that's a I bad say- plan. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I did. I, okay, so I I have done this. I, I literally like moved myself 
quit my career at that point and move myself Wait, time to out, San Diego time out. from Nashville. Paige, I met Todd like the week before he moved across country for this woman. And I didn't see him again, basically, until he like asked me to be on the podcast. I mean, that is this is all true. Real talk. <laughs> my husband moved to Texas to take care of his mom and then back to be with me. So oh, oh. I'm on the receiving end of this one. <laughs> well, well, okay. And then, I mean, like, listen, every and- woman at that party hated Todd's girlfriend, and they're like, that's not going to work out. You saw the way that she was correcting our pumpkin carving skills. And I was like, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I did see that. I guess there's no yeah. wrong way to carve yeah. a pumpkin. <laughs> there's not. So I, mo- so I move out there, and it worked out great. <laughs> I mean, she cheated on me, and I, mo- I had to move back, but like, it was fine. It's fine. It was great. It was a great experience. And I'm so glad we're talking about it right now. I took notes on it specifically because I was like, I feel like Todd's going to have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, listen, if you guys can figure it out, good for you. I was in a relationship with a narcissist that I wasn't aware of at the time. And, you know, how a narcissist <laughs> sort of like isolate you from people. And then sort of when they're bored with you, will just, you know, repeat the cycle with somebody else. I, I learned all about this in therapy, guys. Go to therapy. It's great. Anyway, in a happy relationship now. And uh, just like Julia Guglia, or Julia is in this movie, she found a better person. And so did I. And I'm happy. Let's let's you know, whatever. Yeah, we, uh, we got him in the hot seat now. I know. I know. I feel, I'm, I'm sweating. Both over barrels. Here. Like, it's like. now what we see because we're kind of switching back and forth to a couple different scenes throughout this wedding uh we see that a teenager at this wedding has been overserved, and Uh, the wedding singer is going to take him outside so he doesn't barf in front of his family any any kid who's been served alcohol has been overserved at any level like this kid is not of legal age i mean if if you're in europe at a wedding Well, I mean, they're clearly not in Europe, Paige. You, I mean, sure. But yeah, yeah. So this is a kid who has I had mean, too much to drink. I did learn from Hamilton that everything is legal in New Jersey. So maybe <laughs> it's fine. I don't know, right? Maybe. But um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I did think it was funny that the meet cute for our two main characters was over a kid who's throwing up at the venue. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think like I saw a, a boot come out. <laughs> All right, and it's this, it's this point where the so limo good. driver comes out and he's like, you got to get big in there. George is, is bombing. And George turn, finishes. They're starting to turn you... on George is what he <laughs> yeah. says. What? And it's because he just he stopped started... singing, do you really want to hurt me? And, and then started, started again. again. And like someone in the crowd was like, are you fucking kidding? And like throws something at him. <laughs> uh, no, it, it says, it, what it is is, you suck! Like, yeah. from the wedding it's so which funny. is like such a great like i've never been in a wedding where people were so angry that they start throwing things and heckling the wedding singer but that happens twice in this movie <laughs> can i just say this really quick i in my like teens and like 20s was a touring musician like that's what i did and to build up to a point where you can tour you have to like go through the shitty stages of being a musician. Yeah, you play a bunch the of worst weddings. Heckle, well, we didn't play weddings, but we did play like corporate parties and stuff like that. But when we were playing like our original shows, we would like go to these bars and like shitty venues because we weren't an established band at that point. And we, like, the worst heckle we ever got is we played an original song and then someone who I got, I hope was drunk, yelled, play something you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, and our lead singer, Chris, was like, uh, well, that was an original, so I guess what you I guess we should play something you know. And he goes, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So we played a cover and then we cried. Play that's something so, oh, you man. know. So the, oh, that's great. That's Oh, oh yeah. that's a good heck. I, the, the harshness the... of that burn I have felt for years. <laughs> the worst Yeah, it was rough. The worst heckle I ever got was uh so I was in the original Oh, cuz you get heckled on stage too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more more frequently now now not as much now when you get famous for being mean to people uh, it doesn't happen to you as often. Uh, That's true. Uh, I, Gotta I thank have, TikTok for that. Yeah, I have made people cry. Uh, so, <laughs> but when I was a very new comic, I was in the original room at the comedy store doing potluck, and uh, there was a guy there dressed as Batman, and oh. the lights were kind of weird, so I could kind of see portions of the audience but not all of it which is almost always the case so i could see that he was dressed as batman and from the back of the room he yelled built for comfort and i said <laughs> what a dick yeah i said do you kiss your dead parents with that mouth batman <laughs> <laughs> but no one else could see that he was dressed as batman they didn't know who had yelled at me so they were just like what the fuck oh is she God. talking about like why did she yell about oh, dead parents and it it bombed pretty bad i was like <laughs> this is an like high level burn it just didn't do well but yeah, at work, uh, that uh, was a brutal one. I I vividly remember having somebody tell work, me I was built for yeah, comfort. Psychotic people get very angry at me. Yes, because I'm I'm involuntarily committing them, and I right. know this is a very serious way to start the story. But like <laughs> they will insult me throughout the whole process. So I have a birthmark on my face, and they're like, "You stupid herpy heaven." <laughs> I know. I went I, when I started like working out. Like when I lost a bunch of weight when I when I about turned thirty. Like I went to see my personal trainer. He's like, "What are your training goals or whatever?" And I was like, "I don't want psychotic people to call me fat ass anymore when they're angry." <laughs> and he's like, "Uh, I'm not a miracle <laughs> worker." <laughs> Mikey, you should listen to my girlfriend's podcast. It's all about self love at whatever weight you are. I mean, I think he can still reach down. <laughs> <laughs> oh this podcast has turned uh anyway oh, turned okay. just like they turned on george so <laughs> good transition thank you yeah i like it uh we cut to the next day where uh the wedding singer robbie is giving singing lessons to i just have her listed as rapping granny but uh an old woman I love her. Yes. yes. She is amazing. Singing her name's Rosie. Rosie. In the movie. That's yeah. what it is. And this is how he like makes money. Cause this is this bothered me. We find out later in the movie that he only makes sixty dollars a gig. Yeah. That's an issue for me. Yeah. I don't know if you adjusted that for inflation, so I'm not trying to usurp a fun fact. Okay, so I'll leave that alone for now. We'll talk about that lady later. But that is not enough money. So no. he is supplementing his <laughs> well, he's supplementing his income by giving lessons, even though he gets paid in meatballs. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, I'll I'll cover the meatballs in just a second because I did some meatball research. Uh, but this <laughs> this song that there there's no way that that did not end up on Pornhub. But yeah, <laughs> it did did not. But so the song that they're singing is from <laughs> the Music Man. I believe. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, and she wants to sing it for like her anniversary, right? It's her 50th, her 50th anniversary, anniversary to her husband, who we actually see. Yeah, yeah. we see him later. It's yeah. very, very sweet. One of the things that it I is. love about this movie is it celebrates long relationships, like standing the test of time with someone and right. a relationship that is not superficial, but has taken work and sacrifice. And the goal in this movie, at least it's presented that way, is for the long haul. And I do love that, you know, where yeah. we see them at 50 years, his whole, you know, her whole ethos is that she wants to find someone to grow old with. His whole song is I want to grow old with you. It's that focus mm-hmm. on I want to find someone that I will be with long term. Um, yeah. The, I want to make it work together. With. Yeah. Very yeah. sweet. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She also tries to give him sex advice. Uh, where she was like, are you nervous about the wedding night? And he's like, no. Uh, and she says that she had slept with eight men back and that was a lot back then. That would be like 200 she- men today. So she adjusted for yeah. inflation. I know. I was like, wow, was like, that's like an insane inflation from like, I, I guess, 50 years ago at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 50 years ago would have been uh, 1935. Oh. So, you know, Ro- I was like, thanks for doing the math for me, Rosie. I mean that checks out. Listen, That's like Paige, the roaring twenties during her like up like her coming of age. Yeah, exactly. Paige, she was trying to make some smi- uh, She was trying to make some people happy during that Great Depression. Yeah, right before they went off to war. Like before you go yeah. serve our country, why don't you serve this pussy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So let's talk about the meatballs. She pays them in meatballs. They look delicious. Um, they did. Let's talk about the price of meatballs in 1985. Now. Oh, my God. Okay. uh, I did some research with modern day costs of food, which is not an exact one to one match with how food would have cost in 1985. There is a little bit more to it than just inflation, but that's kind of what we're working with. So currently, depending on where you live, uh, half a pound of ground beef costs about a dollar fifty on average. You usually can't buy that small of an amount at a time, but that's about what it looks like as far as these two meatballs. Now, tack on another 50 cents, give or take, for sauce and spices. Let's call it $2. Accounting for inflation, that means each meatball costs about 83 cents at the time (laughs) in, in 1985. So if you adjust for inflation, how much is that now? About two dollars now. Oh, yeah. So that's not enough. So like well, 80, eighty-three think... cents then, two dollars now. Now in Los Angeles, the average music lesson costs fifty to a hundred dollars per hour, and that's not with like a famous person. That's just a run-of-the-mill music person. Um, yeah. Let's call it fifty bucks because this is the suburbs and New Jersey. It's not Los Angeles. Accounting right. for inflation, that's approximately twenty dollars an hour in nineteen eighty-five meaning that her two meatball payment represents a 92% discount on Robbie's services. <laughs> I, I did feel like he was doing this for her as a favor. I figured I, that he I, would be doing it meatballs or not. Like he like, yeah, was right, allowing yeah, her yeah. to give him meatballs more for her than for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he, she squishes the meatballs into his hands to the point in which they are no longer edible. My, my favorite <laughs> is when she just comes back and is like, I don't have any clean Tupperware. Put out your hands. Who yeah. would do that? It's hot meatballs. She has a pan off the stove. Who it's could still, hold them? 
<laughs> it's still a Sandler movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think this movie That's goes fair, to Mikey. great lengths to just show you how like genuinely nice of a guy Adam Sandler's character is. Right. Yeah. Right. Which and this is, is like you got one is, scene after another of like he is like a saint. <laughs> which is a little bit of a problem because mm-hmm. in in that way it is kind of told from his point of view. Oh yeah. Of like yeah. I'm nice and there's nothing wrong with me until the third act of the movie where he does kind of lash out and we finally do get to see that maybe things are not as great as they would seem. Um, yeah. But well, he does some hey, lashing out in the first act too. He has a, he has a problem of being overly nice and not standing up for himself. I would say he has a problem with establishing emotional boundaries and being completely communicative about the things that he wants. Yes. And I feel like, as we all know, communication is very important to any kind of relationship. So are boundaries. And yeah. Yep. Yep. So can we talk about the next scene where we meet Julia's mom? Yes, because Julia's mom only gives the best of advice. That advice advice is so incredibly bad it's insane. I know. <laughs> and, I know. And I had completely forgotten about that scene until it like started. So we get to Robbie's wedding. It's yeah. very fancy. They have like their engagement pictures up. You know, it's a whole thing. Uh, And Julia and her mom pull up and the first words out of Julia's mother's mouth. And I wrote them down because they were so bonkers was you're a lot prettier than that girl. And she's getting married. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then Drew Barrymore says, well, what does pretty have to do with getting married? And her mom's like, that's all that matters. Yeah. Dear. Crazy. There are know, some moms like not that. Not the right message. There are definitely moms like that, and they're emotionally yeah, Mike, damaging, right. and it's really bad. Yeah, yeah, um, terrible. We also find yeah. out throughout this conversation that Julia's paternal grandmother has a mustache like Tom Selleck, <laughs> which I'm here for, guys. I rock the stash. It makes you unique. <laughs> now, this is uh, no, the the advice I was referring to, Paige, is yes. when she was talking about how she could get Glenn to marry her, and that is to fake a pregnancy. Yes. And then, and then, of course, Drew Barrymore is like, no, that's horrible. And she goes, in five years, you'll thank me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Crazy. God. I mean, well, and yeah. here's the thing. What happens when they find out it's fake? <laughs> like, you, you have started this all on a lie. Like, it's... Whew. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And say that if you have to try and trick someone into marrying you, you should not marry that person. Yep. This is what's frustrating. Julia's character. Julia's character is so frustrating because there's scene after scene after scene of like basically what or Glenn, her fiance, just being like, these are good reasons not to marry me. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of a bad feeling about this. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I want to know anyway. how they met and how they ended up dating. Right? And and because Glenn says that they, they've been dating since before he made his money, so he knows he can trust her. But like, They've been dating for four years. They say four, four years. Four years. And I'm just like, where? How? Like, <laughs> she moved maybe, there to be with him. From where? Like, what's happening? Maybe money changed him. Oh, maybe. Money does change people. It does. It, it, it's it, you're right. It's hard to believe she would fall in love with him if he acted this way when she met him. Yeah, un- unless she has bad self-esteem, which she 
does. I mean, yeah. it is established in this film a little bit. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, so at the wedding, uh, she is not going to fake a pregnancy. We we don't. We get the vibe that well, she's not on board. you don't fake a pregnancy at someone else's wedding page. You do if you want to be a winner. You got to know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so this wedding features uh. a string quartet playing Journey's Don't Stop Believing before oh, everyone so else said it. Yeah. I love that. And also because he gets left at the off altar. Yes. And because he, this might normally crush his spirit about, you know, getting married mm -hmm. and like his feelings on true love. And it really is Steve Perry from behind a string quartet saying, you know what? Don't stop believing in love. Adam. <laughs> Don't stop believing. Uh, Linda <laughs> yeah. no shows. Yes. She left a note. She left a note. Now in the Broadway production of wedding singer, I was going to bring this up. Not maybe not this, but that, that the fact that there is a Broadway production of the wedding. I've singer seen it. That we have to go. You've seen I've it. I've seen it. I saw the original I have cast. To see this. It's really good. What? I really, I, I love it as a play. It, it I'm works sure it is. really well. There are some things that they kind of make small changes just to kind of avoid some of the explanation that this movie goes into. But I uh -huh. think it yeah. works incredibly well. And one of the things they do in the play that I think is great is Linda's character sings this note so like oh. this is a solo where they're like she they're like she left a note dark spotlight and she is dressed as madonna like 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 a virgin madonna like the I wedding dress there's a fan on her and she basically as madonna sings the note that she left him and the the kind of bummer thing about the movie is we don't get that note we don't get any of that. Yeah. We, we hear her talk to him a little bit later, but in the play, the note implies that she doesn't think he's living up to his potential and she's worried that he's not actually in love with her. He's just in love with love, which is kind oh. of what she says later. But it is. Yeah. But we also like it's sung in this crazy, hilarious rock solo and then she walks back off stage never to be seen again until the end of act two and it's great that's amazing it's I love super it. funny um so linda knows shows she left a note uh i said in my notes something breaks inside him screams in gazebo oh man i love that though because <laughs> I, I remember i remember seeing this for the first time and i was like damn he's taking it real well for someone who got left at the altar and then he starts to walk towards the gazebo and then he loses his shit. I was like, that, that, that makes more sense is. to me. That's yeah. the yeah, there you yep. go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then every one of his friends and family and Julia was like, oh, he's like a hopeless romantic. Like, this isn't going, this is not going to go This well is bad. Him. He's wanted yeah. to be yeah. married since the third grade, <laughs> which is a real, real, I haven't, since his parents died. So he's wanted to get married since he was an orphan. Yeah, that makes sense. It does explain that. All the while, Billy Idol playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. But really, really all we learned there is that he um, is literally just a trust fund away from being Batman. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, well, does he true. live in his sister's basement? He lives in his well, sister's basement. Well, yeah, he does live in his sister's basement. This yeah. is something that the play does change, where in the play, Rosie is his grandmother and he lives in her basement. Ah, ah I like so, that. So there's a little bit more of a connection. Um, yeah. 
So I mean, I could easily see Rosie being the grandma. Yeah, it, when I saw the play, I was like, "That makes perfect sense." Like, that's yeah. actually they should do that in the movie. That's an easier transition. Yeah. Um, but I think the reason they don't is to have the kids around because this is uh, also yeah. the scene after where everyone's talking about how sad he's going to be. White Wedding is playing on the television, uh, <laughs> and the children are running around in a Freddy Krueger mask. Uh, yes, those masks yes. were only they weren't made until 1985 so that would have been like a new mask because um, the movie was released in 1984 that's such a cool little detail yeah. like that's awesome um they which we've done on our horror version podcast there you guys. Go. Check it out. uh now <laughs> at this point the adults are like she's kind of a bitch and this is another <laughs> case of adam sandler defending her even though she's done something bad to him right yeah says, well, and he even says like don't say that because we're gonna get back together and then things are gonna be weird between us because you said right that. right which i've had that conversation with some friends of mine uh, you know before i moved out to san diego um you know we were on again off again and then i would be like don't i mean we're probably gonna get back and so yeah and then you know they were right i shouldn't have gone and that was a mistake but you know whatever <laughs> like I, I get it we all learn but like yeah i've had that conversation before uh then one of the <sighs> children hands him a photo it's one of their engagement photos where they have yeah. essentially drawn devil horns and piercings and <laughs> eye patches over linda's face uh they've made her a satan pirate, a satan yeah. pirate. <laughs> yeah and he just is one of my favorite scenes in the movie he just goes thank you freddy krueger <laughs> <laughs> well i mean and he, that's one of those lines that i quoted with my friends for like months after watching this movie. Yeah, just I, just, I mean i don't think he's processed i mean it's like it's because like, it, it's like that night like it's like the wedding night yes yeah and it's like he's just at home like just sh he's in shock and he's like don't talk bad about her and then, like, they're doing that, and he's like, I don't think he can even put together what has happened. He is so hurt. Yeah. Now, something that happens in this scene, and this is the first time I caught it. I've seen this movie hundreds of times, probably, and I'd never noticed this before. He takes the bride figurine off the top of the cake. Yeah. And he's sitting there looking at it, and it looks like Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that. I knew he had it in his hand. I but noticed I didn't that it looked like because yeah. it was blonde, and I was like, "Why would they get that figurine for her yes. cake if she's brunette?" Yes, and it's it's blonde, and it has Drew Barrymore's haircut. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's future wife shadowing, cake top go. shadowing, cake top shadowing. Ooh, I like it, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, so Linda shows up, basically says why she didn't get married. Uh, and he basically says, this is something you should have communicated to me before the wedding. <laughs> well, yeah, she's like, yeah, you should have told me th this information would have been useful, been useful yesterday. yesterday. Well, I mean, like, she says some, like, pretty heavy stuff. Like, I think I'm in love with who you were six years ago. Yeah. I yeah. don't want to be in love with a wedding singer. I don't even want to live here. Yeah. And, like, he's like, this is a really great town. I want to raise a family here. And, like, these yeah. are, like, goals they should be on the same page about. If you're going to get married, this is why yes. you go to premarital counseling. The, <laughs> and everyone this is should why do communication this. is super important. Yes. The, these yeah. are things you should definitely hammer out before the day of your wedding gets here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Natalie and I aren't even engaged. We've been together two years. We've talked about whether we want to get married, want to have kids, want to like, you know, like we've had all of these conversations and had those conversations like in date four. You know, I, like we. Yeah. I, I That's, yeah. Like, you know, you have to get that out of the way pretty quickly. Like, well, it's like they don't want yeah. kids and you want kids. Conversations and like that work. you should continue to have. Yeah. Because yeah, life circumstances kind of stuff can change. change right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So it's as they're having this very difficult conversation that one of the children runs out and just says, hey, Linda, you're a bitch. <laughs> I, love, I love that Adam Sandler will have kids cuss in his movies. My favorite. I that, love this that is so much. So funny. And, and not to belittle Tourette's, but he's like, we think you may have Tourette's. We have to get him checked out. I, that, <laughs> he's the, just doing that to cover. He, I know. It's yeah, so, I mean, yeah. It's it a so bad funny. cover. But like, it is. Yeah. yeah it's clear it wasn't a Tourette's type moment. No. Well, I mean, she should have had that conversation and not left him at the office. They should have just canceled the wedding. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What she did was Absolutely. very bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the very next scene, we cut to Julia, Drew Barrymore's character, listening to a Walkman, which were fairly new for the time. Uh, Glenn surprises her with flowers, and his barely there mustache is really gross. Uh, but he, <laughs> this is where he basically gives her tickets for a Vegas wedding, which yeah. I don't want to disparage anyone from having a Vegas wedding. We considered it ourselves. Weddings be expensive. Ugh. If that's what you want to do, do it up. Have a hilariously fun Vegas wedding. I had a friend who got married in Vegas by the Grim Reaper. Do it. Do whatever you're going to do. But like he's doing it dismissively. This is not him planning oh, yeah. a wedding. Oh, yeah. This is him being like, well, at least I'll get to go to Vegas. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, like a checkbox he's... thing. She, he's like, listen, we've been together four years. She puts up with me. She's earned this. Earned, I guess, getting married Which to is, an asshole? It shouldn't be earned. It should be, this is a thing we've decided to do together as a couple after mutual decisions and conversations and collective goals. We, yeah, we've grown And we're excited together. about it. And yeah, we're excited we, we did, about it. Yeah. We've decided to make a legal commitment to this relationship. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I... <laughs> Ooh, I could never get married in Vegas. I just never have never been that level. I just don't drink. So oh, I yeah. just can't see myself doing it. Well, then he's even like, you know, I don't want like a wedding. So I'm just doing this for you. So this would be like the quickest way to do it. Like this is, yeah. and this yeah. is the tone of voice he's talking, like very dismissive. This is the first time we really meet him too. It really oh, just yeah. sets him up as this Dick. huge dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like a horrible guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's dressed not that like you're a horrible guy if you and your wife decide to get married in Vegas. Like if it's a decision no. you guys come to together. Yeah. But th- he's just very yeah. dismissive and like she doesn't deserve me. But like, you know, and well, whatever. and he ends up really having to kind of she has to push to have, you know, what she calls a big wedding, but is, I would say, probably an average size wedding. Um, yeah. And he kind of reluctantly agrees. Um, yes. And he's like, I'll do it for you since you want it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like like this uh, is this is a big present that I'll do this for I'm you. so yeah. good to you, Julia. Yeah. Oof. That I'll give you a wedding that, you know, your friends and family members can come to. Yeah. Now He's a bad dude. Like he's a bad Yeah, dude. he's a bad dude. He makes some good points about eloping and if you choose to do it, good on you. But he's he's not doing it for the right reasons. He's a bad dude. Right. Right. So the next scene we get to is Robbie's friend the limo driver comes to his house where we find out that Robbie hasn't left the basement in days and his friend <laughs> is basically trying to get him to work a wedding that night just to get him laid. Yeah. Worst idea ever. Yes. Horrible it's a, listen, plan. It's a horrible idea, but I, you know, I've been in those situations where you just got to help your bro out because you know that you, they need you to wingman them and you just like go out with them. Yeah, but and you know, you shouldn't do that as a, like, I get it. There's like, let's go out and blow off steam. And the and consensual stuff is great. But don't do it for work. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely don't do it at a wedding. Right. <laughs> and also don't I, do it when you're like emotionally not great. Yes. Yeah. I um, do feel like this uh, This does not go quite as 
uh, you know, the limo driver, best friend at Hope. Well, yeah. what I find hilarious, because we get to the wedding and he's singing and it is is clearly uh, emotionally Crying. distraught. It is not <laughs> good. <laughs> Uh, it's but his can like the way he conveys it is so good though. Yeah, yeah. He is emotionally broken while he's singing these songs. Well, and it's, it's and I'm here for it. Like I love it. It's Holiday by Madonna, but my favorite is he changes the lyrics as he's singing it. So he's like Holiday, celebrate, and then the second one he's like, If we took a holiday, I live in my sister's basement. <laughs> so great. Oh man. Uh, but the yeah. best part is during that song they cut to the friend who convinced him to go there standing next to julia or it was either no i think it might be holly either holly or julia I think it's holly. yeah holly and she says why would he even think about coming back and the friend's like i don't know <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you just talked him into going now that is something i would do <laughs> that is yes. a mikey move mikey like, this is this <laughs> is you <laughs> no no <laughs> I think you were a combination of both Adam Sandler and the best friend. Now, but I definitely would have been like, this was a bad idea. And I would have been like, I don't know why he would want to come out tonight. This was a, a terrible idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, at this point, the song ends and he's trying to be the good MC. We've seen him be in the beginning. And we know he's capable. of. Yeah, we know he's capable of it. And it's not going great. And the father of the bride heckles him. <laughs> yeah, and he says what I believe to be the thesis statement of every stand-up comic: I have a microphone, <laughs> so you will listen to everything I have to say. <laughs> yes, and and you say that as a stand-up. Yeah. Comic. Oh, I have, and someone who is currently talking into a microphone. <laughs> I have said this to someone. I have oh, physically I said these words to a drunk person in a bar. Uh, and then they were escorted out. It was great. Uh, you got to love that MC power. I love it. Now, yeah. I will uh, get them out. Get, get fine. Him out. <laughs> You're ruining yeah. the show for the other patrons. No one else is here. You're still ruining it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we missed a, a golden opportunity to name our podcast The Mutants at Table Nine. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'll I'll say this. This movie does a little bit of like fat and ugly shaving. A lot yes. of it. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel like it plays super well. But no, that's I also definitely feel like the people in on it are like the people at table nine are sort of in on the joke, which makes it a weird. I... But either way, like it, there were some fat and just ugly people shaming in this movie. hardcore. I do like that he fat shames the guy, but then they cut back to the guy and he's like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Yeah. I, I do want more cake. Yeah, that, he's right. Which, as someone who has been fat shamed many a time, best way to handle it. If somebody's a dick, yeah. you just be like, yeah, I love cake. It's delicious. Fuck you. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. But fun fact about the mutants at table nine, one of them is Brian Posehn. Really? Yes. Uncredited. Because who I was- is that? He is a famous stand-up comedian and television yeah. writer. You oh. definitely, if we pulled up a picture, you'd be like that guy. Uh, he was on the Sarah he Silverman a, show. He is a hey, it's that guy. Yes, uh, and he is seated at table nine with the mutants. And I was trying to see if there was anyone else at that table. He was the only one that I caught, and it's actually listed on IMDb for him, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think that this is one of the aspects of the film that doesn't age well. But only one of like two scenes that I was like, this really doesn't age well. Yeah, I, I... these are like cheap jokes that the that the movie doesn't have to make because he mm -hmm. makes good jokes 
like better jokes throughout the film. I give it a bit of a pass because I chalk it up to him being angry and lashing out at people. Like yes. I, yeah. I, I read this as he his Reese Witherspoon moment. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. He is Witherspooning. You're right. He's Mike. Witherspooning pretty hard right here. I read. We need to make that a thing. <laughs> Witherspooning. Right. That the Witherspooning is now a thing. I want shirts that say hashtag Witherspooned on them. Right. This I just, is. I just need this is his. This. I'm drunk in my Alabama hometown bar. Angry. Yeah. Yeah. And I've outed my best friend. Well, and I think it's a little bit different in this case because I feel like part of the reason Witherspooning is so bad in Sweet Home Alabama <laughs> is just because she is coming from an elevated position within the scene. Like she has a great mm -hmm. life. Things are going good for her. All she needs is to get these papers signed. And she it, it comes off as her actively tormenting and picking on these people for no good reason. Whereas, well, yeah. And she actively puts someone's life in danger yes. by doing that. Okay. Yeah, we've done that. We've, we've had this conversation. But when, <laughs> when, when Adam Sandler is doing it in this movie, I see it as someone who is hurting so badly. The only thing that they can think of is to hurt other people so that he doesn't have to see them happy. You know, hurt like people hurt people, hurt baby. people, yeah, hurt baby. people. And he even goes so far as as he's singing the song is Love Stinks by Jay Giles Band 1980. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he yeah. ad libs <laughs> a portion of the song where he's like, love's going to make you cry. And then he just leans over the bride's table and just says, I hate you. And then like, yeah. keeps I going. love that part so much. Yeah. Love it. That's one of my favorites. This this performance of Love Stinks has a real like Steel Panther vibe to it. Yes, and I was here for it. Very. I loved it. It was so good, and I mean that in a good way. Like Steel oh, Panther is an insane fun band. Yes, I do like that they cut to George like throughout this scene, and he's like trying his best to be positive on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. If we took a holiday, holiday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's killing it. I love I love George. Like George is probably my favorite member of the band by far. Who, which, by the way, George has no lines. I don't know if you guys realize. Oh, George, I did not realize. George sings. All of his lines are lyrics to yes. the Culture Club song. Do the, you really want to? Those hurt are the me? only noises George makes with his mouth. He sings Culture Club three different times in this film, and those are the only words he gets to speak. It is wild. It's so good. I love it. Now. But when you're a musical prodigy, you know, you get by. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, the, the next the next scene we cut to is he's back at home, clearly not going to sing weddings anymore. And his sister and. Oh, wait. We should say that the father does get up and beat the oh, shit yes, out of him. Yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see him later in the dumpster and then. Uh, Drew Barrymore comes out and just said, like they have the are you okay moment or whatever. Yeah, you know? no, and this is where she asks him. Um, he promises to sing at her wedding. Yeah, yes, like, I that's need you what to it feel is. better so you can be my wedding singer. You're the best wedding singer in town, right? Which is true. Which is true. <laughs> um, so the next scene, his sister and brother-in-law are going out. He's babysitting. Now it's a little unclear as to what they're going out to. Because they ask him about the engagement party, but then he shows up at that engagement party later, which means who is watching right. the children. So I don't I don't <laughs> think it's the same night. I think it's two different I think, nights. I think the scam that he is pulling is that he charges X amount for babysitting. Oh, I don't and think. And then what he does is he calls a cheaper babysitter to babysit the kids he's supposed to babysit, and then he takes a little off the top. My, no, my thinking was... I, I, 
if they yeah, went I think to it's the one party, of the countless scenes to, that they make him like the greatest guy in the world. Like he's babysitting for free for his sister and yeah. brother in law, and like yeah. he's a good uncle and all that crap. Yeah, and I think you're right, Paige. I think it skips to the next. The next yeah, day or I think whatever. it's either the next day or they waited until the kids fell asleep and then went to the party, but it's not really right. addressed. And so it's a little unclear. I'm sure it's just days later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what we do find out as the brother and sister, brother-in-law and sister are leaving uh, is that the sister and brother-in-law get into some weird nipple twisting sex. <laughs> oh yeah. Everyone, everyone in Adam Sandler's family is way too open about things like about their sexual preferences. Like I, I do not want to have those conversations with people I share DNA with well, well it's, it starts off sweet like the brother's like look man you wouldn't want to marry her anyway because like the sex dies down you want a best friend <laughs> but you know like sometimes like your your sister will still get freaky with me and like yeah. we'll do this this and this. like it starts <laughs> off really wholesome and he's like alright enough enough no more talking yeah stop it, <laughs> where's the ripcord for this conversation it was extra troubling because his brother-in-law kind of looks like Gene Simmons <laughs> yeah. he does he does which yeah but like gene simmons at that time at that like time with that haircut yeah. like with that real yeah. tight curl um and if you've seen gene simmons tongue you know his uh sister's real happy i mean maybe that's why she twisting them nipples um <laughs> but at a certain point i was like is this scene only here so that we find out about the nipple twisting for the joke about it later because there is a joke about the nipple twisting at the end like Maybe that's the only reason that scene is there because we no, get probably. no I, other I feel info. Like this, I feel like this scene establishes him further as a good guy. It also establishes the theme of like he's looking for a long lasting, the long lasting yeah. partnership. It's it's a little out of place. Like if I were recutting yeah. this movie, I might cut that scene personally. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why they didn't. Um. So the very next scene, you're right, is the engagement party at what. Yeah. I imagine is Glenn's house. I think it is Glenn's I think house. It is yeah, Glenn's he's got house. money. He's got it's money. It's a beautiful house. And yeah. we've established that Julia doesn't live with him. Yes. Um, which for the time would have been unusual anyway, you know, for her to yeah. move in. Yeah, um, for her to cohabitate before marriage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to Glenn's house. He's dressed like Miami Vice. Oh, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Uh but Mikey's but the limo driver best friend is dressed like Michael Jackson. He's got the yes, one glove the re- and the red co- the red He's got the Todd outfit on. I've got notes about that outfit. Our- I'll say this, Mikey, rude. You're only <laughs> saying that because you know I have the complete thriller outfit in my closet right now. Well, let's talk about that thriller outfit. Are you ready? Let's so do the it. original thriller jacket sold for 1.8 million in 2011, but that's what? Yes, and that look, the jacket and glove was introduced in 1982, so it would have already been 3 years old at this point. Miami Vice sure. would have been new. So that's kind of the juxtaposition of like uh. Glenn is shiny and new and he and his friend are out of touch. So that jacket right. is actually not the most sought after jacket that Michael Jackson wore. He actually had multiple famous jackets. This was just the first. Five years later, in 1987, he would wear a studded black leather jacket with bad studded across the back for the cover of his, his bad album. Bad. Yeah. That yeah. jacket was made by fashion designer slash cult leader Tony Alamo, who made oh, rhinestone shit. jackets with child labor 
and buried his much older wife in a heart-shaped marble coffin and then stole her body twice to hide it from authorities. They eventually were raided because they were using (laughs) child labor to make rhinestone jackets that now sell for thousands and thousands of dollars. That is insane. (laughs) We just glossed over so much information. Oh, my God. And I believe the bad jacket is currently in a museum. Um, but it's one of those items that whenever there are rumors of it going up for auction, it has like an added price tag because it's a Tony Alamo jacket. Oh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is amazing. Isn't that wild? Have you guys done that on the call? Podcast? We did. Uh, and, oh and we e- awesome. eBayed to see if there were jackets in our size and there are still occasionally <laughs> sometimes because they made a whole line of jackets and then they also made them for famous people so the ones that famous people had those are really sought after and super expensive but for a couple hundred bucks you could find one of their just like jc penny level ones on ebay um well who's the designer from sweet home alabama the one they make fun of well uh, well, uh jacqueline smith yeah it was jacqueline smith um now i will say that uh Page Todd dresses like the limo driver to this day. I don't know. I don't know at all what you're talking about. I, I what I, I to what are you referring, Michael? Uh, wow. Whoa, the full name. Okay. <laughs> I think he's the talking about that- the fact that you own the full Thriller outfit. <laughs> yeah, he wears it to record the podcast sometimes. Like when we what? recorded in person. He would wear his like cool leather jackets at the at, at the outside. I've, oh, I've seen I, this I jacket. Never wore the thr- I never wore the Thriller jacket, but I do have many colorful leather jackets i i love like i love standout pieces that are leather jackets that's like my do thing. you hear that a standout classic piece that is ageless and can can be behind combined with other accessories <laughs> now, i feel like I, I feel like i'm being shamed for at least attempting to have some style <laughs> i'm just uh. glad Paige is on my side <laughs> i'm not i'm not at all because he's like we'll be like sitting there watching a movie he's like i'm warm and i'm like well you're wearing six layers and a leather jacket <laughs> i i have at seen... least take the vest and cummerbund <laughs> off, you idiot. I, was gonna say, I have seen you wear a hoodie a blazer and a and a leather jacket yes, they... all I call it. all right it His... was cold when we were in kansas city page todd's nickname it was very cold I, todd's nickname is seven layer burrito <laughs> <laughs> really did you just make that up right now because i'm delicious oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah and you got seven layers on at all times <laughs> oh gross you're like i've got an undershirt a t-shirt a hoodie a blazer a vest a leather jacket and a coat and a beanie <laughs> <laughs> so Guys, I gotta go. I got a barista downtown. <laughs> I'm wearing a glove and then another glove and then a catcher's mitt. <laughs> and then- well, and the whole time I'm just like, how long does it take you to do laundry? Like, I'm like one day you have like a full load. Have you ever seen that episode of Friends? I'm always where- dropping full loads. My- <laughs> oh god. That oh. episode of Friends where Joey puts on all of Chandler's yes. clothes. Yes, oh, yes, I love it. You're like, That's I feel like one seen. of the only Friends episodes I watch. Yeah. <laughs> so that and the one with Chandler in the box. Oh yes. So they're at this engagement party and one of Glenn's friends comes up and says, hey, aren't you that guy who got stood up at your wedding? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, let's talk about that. Do you want to talk about how my parents died when I was 10, too? Which I thought is so funny. Like, that's the most realistic (laughs) comeback on film I think that's ever been 
my my favorite yeah. is the guy actually says you guys you got stood up at your wedding that must have felt terrible and he says no it felt really good thanks for bringing it up <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh, so hey can I, can I say this I uh, once met up with a friend who I, we weren't really that close he was like a friend of a friend well you were like four jackets had- away <laughs> <laughs> rude page rude so we all went to like he got married i wasn't invited because i wasn't friends with him mm-hmm. but my friend was and then when he got back from his honeymoon we all went out and i you know i was like hey john how's the, how's the honeymoon because that i i hadn't seen and him. that's all you knew and apparently, yeah right that's all i really knew and he's a great guy i liked him he was a good dude and he like went completely white and then jeff looked at me and said, I meant to tell you this on the way over, but they're divorced. Whoa. It's <laughs> done. It's terrible. Yeah. Apparently, unbeknownst to me, she had turned to him on their flight to Italy and said, this was a mistake. <gasps> oh, and that's, that was it. That's what? even worse than this movie. And then I, yeah, I know. And then I'm the asshole who is the like Glenn's friend. Yeah. And I I mean clearly I did not know that happened when right, I asked. Right, right. Right? And I felt so I spent like 40 minutes apologizing to this guy. And honestly, he's moved on. He's very happy now, but he was devastated. That's, and I felt like the biggest ass ever. That's brutal. Yeah, it was rough, man. I felt very very bad and that's, I felt horrible. That's like the worst breakup I've ever seen. I've almost wanted to go to a wedding where someone gets left at the altar or something crazy like that happens. I've, I've, well, Mikey, I've been to like 50 weddings in my lifetime and never seen that happen. But, you know, there's always next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's always my wedding. Yeah. There which is go. not next year. But <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you're going to have to like figure out some commitment issues before you. Well, you guys are talking about like living with someone. I'm like, whoa, before you're married. <laughs> but it's like a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like she's going to be on the lease and we're like not in. We're like, we're not married. <laughs> I I'm I have some thoughts about things that you should do before you marry someone that are going to come slightly later in this episode. I'm interested okay. to oh, see I what you it. think. So what stuff. Yes. Sorry, what were you saying? That that was that's not on the list. It's a more practical list, but sure. Oh, uh, okay. So that's this, fine. I, yeah. This is also where Robbie kind of blows up his friend's spot and tells Julia, yeah, that he had talked kind of crassly about her. Um, yeah, he's like, hey, remember when you when you first saw her, you were like, oh, I'm gonna give it to her. And he's like, no, no, I never said that. He's like, no, 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 he totally did. He's like, no, I Yo, would never say that. You said she could get it, and you're gonna give it to her. I Are love you, this and, scene, and it, man. What I love about this scene is this is when you know that they're compatible. Because there's some people you meet, and there's a chemistry, and it's not a physical chemistry. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not saying they're not attractive or not attracted to each other, but there's some people you meet, and like, wow, they're really, really hot. I'm very physically attracted to them. So Robbie makes this joke about the driver. And Drew Barrymore's character, without hesitation, she along. jumps into the joke. And it goes yeah. on for, like, the whole scene. And it is so funny. And, like, yeah. that's when he, like, looks at her and, like, smiles. And, like, there's, like, a chemistry there. Yeah, it, you, it's like, I, you're my bud. You were, you were with me on that. And that is, I think, the first time we really, really see them connect as yes. a couple. Yes, because yeah. she's like, yeah, are you going to give it to me? Like, what are you going to oh, give th- me? And he's like, you're gonna, hey. what is it? I can't wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and he just walks off. He gets so <sighs> awkward. He leaves. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I love. He nopes out of that conversation. I love that. But like you yeah. see moments like this, which I okay, I hate that her character doesn't get more development because they have a lot of good moments like this. Yes. Like the the bar mitzvah scenes kind of like this where they have like this unspoken playing off each other and you don't get that with a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh she also in this scene kind of confesses that she's overwhelmed with wedding plans. Uh, but Robbie knows who all the people are because he works in weddings. Right. Uh, and he doesn't set an emotional boundary. And so he ends up helping her with her <laughs> wedding. Well, he doesn't love her uh, yeah. at this point. I don't see a right. problem with him agreeing. Because I think at this point he's like, I've got to get out of the house. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, think we've yeah, all I been there just, yeah, after a breakup. Agree. You're like, yeah. I need to get out. Yeah. And, agree. And uh, I, I don't. Mean, and you just yeah. want to. Yeah, yeah. I agree completely. You just want to like have something else to occupy your mind. You'll help your friend move and look forward to it. Like, that's where you are, yeah. right? And he asked the yeah. kind of questions that I would ask and, like, reacts. To him. He's like, why isn't Glenn going to help? And she's like, this is not really his thing. And he's like, okay. Which, <laughs> which that's a, a red flag of, like, he's not interested in their wedding. Like, and here's the thing. I understand that not every guy is going to be great at planning a wedding. Some of them right. are going to feel overwhelmed. But to be completely disinterested is troubling. Well, it's not it's even a very like, bad sign. Yeah. You can ha- like you can be with someone and they can love totally different things than you that you might not like at all, but you should at least want to understand why your partner loves them. Yeah. And th- yeah, like it makes I mean like why would you not? It, 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 it's been, but like you could tell that he's like I with T- Todd, I agree. I think this was this started off innocently. Like, oh, we just had a really fun time at this party. We're joking around. Yeah. I need to get out of the house. This is the first time I felt okay. Yeah, I'll get out and, like, help you plan your wedding. I just need to leave the house. Yeah, and she's new to the area, and yeah. you're, like, really plugged into the whole wedding scene in this town. You can be very, very helpful. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's like, oh, I bet I can get a side of this. And you know, of, I don't think it's that at all. Part of me even thinks she's asking him partly just to get him out of the house because she knows how upset he is. Because yeah, it, it establishes her as, like, a dichotomy of him. Like, they're both just, like, genuinely really nice, and they don't have a lot of aspirations or goals or dreams, except they, like, they want to – you know, they want to like get married and like and settle down and they're just genuinely really nice people. And like that's basically the personality types of Adam Sandler, Andrew Barrymore's character. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So the next scene is the bar mitzvah at the, I would say, hall, like event hall where they work. It's like the one venue. Yeah. yeah like it's the one place in town where you hold these things. And I loved this. And this is where we we've already talked about this. But this is where we see George play every instrument and just kill yeah, it. Yeah, and absolutely. I love but it. But before he does that, I know what you're going to say. He plays Culture Club one more time. I know. I know. Yeah. He, he, knows, he knows one song as the lead singer. Everything else, he's auxiliary and he's crushing it. Yes. But yeah, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and all the kids are like, what? <laughs> Why are you doing this song? Yeah. yeah, it's just the most random song for kids. So uh, good. I know. Now, what we do see, and again, this is a scene set up to make Adam Sandler's, Sandler's character look good, but I do think he gives this kid good advice that he should take yeah. himself. Um, where he tells this kid, the kid is basically like, No one wants to dance with me because I'm not cool. And I, I want to dance with her, but she won't dance with me. And what he right. says to the kid is, don't dance with someone who doesn't want to dance with you. Basically, this like, hey, you're cool. Find the person who gets it. You know? Yeah. But what, what I love about this scene is that off camera, him he gets with Drew Barrymore. And he's like, this kid's having a down day. Let's cheer this kid up. 
and they set yeah. up this whole like they, well i think they do it on the on camera he kind of like winks at her do. it's almost like they oh, okay. telepathically yeah, yeah, yeah. We're they have that it. connection. Some yes. people just they work do. well And together. I think this sets up Drew Barrymore as also being a very, very nice, compassionate yes. person. Yeah. Sort of showing that they're evenly yoked, if that makes sense. Yes. They're like They're very compatible, yes. right? Uh, this yeah. is where that very sweet love song comes in, where George plays four different <laughs> instruments. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the best things about this scene is we're really seeing that, like, this is where Robbie shines, is... Because this is effectively yes. something he would have done as a wedding singer, and he's doing it at this bar mitzvah. And so we're yeah. he's missing his calling by not doing weddings. Well, he's clearly. I will, I'll go beyond that. Know. I think his calling is he's ha- he's happy making people happy in like I would a variety of different you. ways. Yes, which yes. Yeah. This is why he teaches the singing lessons to the grandmother. Which is why he helps the kid. Which is why he babysits. Right. He's a two on the enneagram. There you go. <laughs> I. I'm a seven. So. <laughs> I'm a two. I'm, I related very much to this Robbie character. <laughs> I'm a three. I'm a two wing three. So that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you can only wing, you know, the next two year. that are next yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, like, they make eye contact. Drew Barrymore is like, I'm going to pick a. He's like, we're going to have this very lovely Julia pick a, pick a nice young man to dance with. And, he, and she goes around all the cool kids and goes straight to the kid who's so, like. You know, like sobbing in the corner because no one will dance with him and picks him up and dances with him. And it's a very sweet scene until until the groping the, starts, until all oh, the groping yeah. starts. And I, I have some thoughts about this. I hated that they added because I feel like yes. it ruins the whole scene. It does. I mean, it's cute once it gets to the old people. But the fact that it starts with like sexual assault or right. harassment, at least because there's yeah. no consent and you just goes in for it and nobody's like hey that's not okay you should yeah nobody's right. teaching you know? this 14 year old that it's not okay to molest an adult woman or any woman for that matter right that is a bit problematic for me and yeah. a grant there's a grandpa in the like I, my brain says audience but the wedding attendees that sees the yeah. sees the molestation and is like high five <laughs> like as yeah. if to cement into our psyche this is okay <laughs> like it's- and this would have been just as funny if he would have tried to grab drew barrymore's ass and robbie got on the mic and was like hey buddy hey hands hey, up on the hands waist yeah, yeah 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 right right which would have been funny and he would have been embarrassed yeah he's like it's okay leave room for like, the holy spirit on. yeah but instead the whole bar mitzvah is all touching each other's butts and i was like wow this was a really sweet scene that was kind of nuanced and they like they just ruined it on, they just blew all of that on this joke yeah mm-hmm I think that's another one of those things that is sort of of the time because it was 98. Yeah. Yeah. But it does not hold up great. No. Right. Um, yeah. The next scene we get into is essentially kind of a compilation of scenes where Julia and Robbie are planning Julia's wedding. And mm-hmm. they're clearly having a good time. They're like haggling with the photographer. Uh, this is where the photographer thinks that they're getting married and they're like, no, 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 we're brother yeah. and sister. And Drew Barrymore. Right bites adam sandler <laughs> yes so well, yes. See, he pulls a, her hair and then like, she geez, full real, on bites him <laughs> yeah it's so funny like it it, it, it oh man and they, they, you just tell they're having a great time and they and their, their chemistry definitely comes across and they do like a few more movies because of how good this movie does with their chemistry right yeah oh uh, but you're like man they're so compatible at you as the audience is like it's right in front of you yeah well, it ends, I mean, this kind of grouping of scenes of them, like, testing cakes, and all, or I guess that's kind of after, this is more the photography one. Ends right. with, There's, like, a montage. Yeah. yeah. Ends with them 
watching John Lovitz, who is I love the this this scene is so great. great. He's the other wedding singer in town. He reminds me of Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. Yes, yes, yes. He even looks like him. It's he does wild. It's so good. It's so great. Uh, And he's a total creep and super weird. Uh, And he's kind of making fun of Robbie for getting out of the business. Yes. And he's just kind of being a dick about it. And Drew Barrymore stands up for him and is like, well, now I'm hiring a DJ. Screw (laughs) you. Oh, but Paige, I don't think a DJ can move like this. This. Chaka Khan. Just John Lovitz oozing (laughs) sexuality with an open shirt, like just... Like, really, the grossest thing you could picture is what we're watching. It's amazing. It's, well, and it's, and it's, I love John Lovitz for doing it. It's visual and attitude. It's the combination of oh, both. Oh. I'm a yeah. super huge John Lovitz fan, by the way. Like, The Critic is, like, one of the best shows ever made. Yes! Way ahead of its time, too. Yes, super way ahead of its time. It, we, like, it like pioneered the cutaway. Yeah. We, we could get into it sometime. They like, need to, should, that's yeah. the one cartoon, like, adult show they need to bring back. Like, it was, like, 20 years before its time. Agreed. So sorry that you can cut that out, but I, I feel very strongly. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like John Lovitz is recognized as as funny as he is. True. Uh, I really like. There's a scene of him in I think it's a League of Their Own where he picks him up at the train station and he's like, "See around here, the train moves, not the station." <laughs> like he's like trying to get them to go in. <laughs> Total asshole. Um, yeah. He's so good at doing that kind of shit, though. Like he's so acting. solid. Um, so. Oh, but ugh. this scene goes into. There's a guitar, and it, 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 she asks him what you're really passionate about. Drew Barrymore asks him what he's really yeah. passionate He's like, and I he's love. Like, well, I, like to, I like to write songs. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, show me a song you wrote. He's like, uh, I have one that I wrote recently, but I wrote half of it before she left me at the altar, and then half afterwards. Yeah, and, it's a bad idea. I should not <laughs> play it for you. And he's like, I'm super embarrassed by it. Here's yeah. uh, this one scene could have turned the tide for Drew Barrymore's character as far as her being a three-dimensional character, because all that needed to happen was for her to say, what are you passionate about? And he's like, oh, it's nothing. What are you passionate about? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. Uh, instead, right. he plays her this song. Uh, Which is amazing. It's so funny. And it's so, it takes it so immediately to 11 that it catches you <laughs> off guard, and that's what right? makes it so hilarious. Yeah, because the verse part is like just like a strum and him singing yeah. words super slowly. And then the chorus is like brutal. Yeah, and it's just uh, pain. And, and that's just, yeah, it's just so much pain. And he's yelling at the woman who left him at the altar. But, yeah. And then the next verse is back low again, but he's still like dealing with the pain. But basically, and then the last chorus is him like begging for you to shoot yeah. him. Like it is so, it's so funny. So, Insane! I love it so much. It is so good. And he's yeah. like, he's like, kind of laughing as he sings it because he knows how ridiculous it is. And it comes yeah. to her, and you can just tell she's like, "I love this vulnerability. I'm falling in love with him." Well, like that's a good scene. Yeah, I did think it was. I did think it was a little classless of her to be like, "Play something you know." <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite is the cutaway we get of John Lovitz after that's just oh. he's losing his mind oh. and I'm reaping all the benefits. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it made me laugh so much. Uh, so this, but, but Paige, you're right. It would have taken 30 <laughs> seconds for the after that song to him be like, "What are you passionate about?" 
and she says it and then like at the end of the movie they like do it at like the post credits or whatever yeah well and Mm -hmm. so we go right into the next scene where she bought him ice cream because he's been upset by his own song (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah because it ends with him crying he I mean, I didn't, crying, it ends with him crying. <laughs> i did not even realize that yes oh my god uh and I, see, todd it's me you have to you have to know it's me i now. know <laughs> mikey well, that's what i'm saying you were like an amalgamation of both like his best friend and adam sandler so yeah then they have a conversation about this is where we find out a little more about her relationship with Glenn, but also a little bit about the relationship with Linda, where he tells the story of he'd never flown and Linda wouldn't let him have the window seat. Yeah, because oh, he, yeah. they were going to the Grand Canyon and she had been there before and he hadn't been there before. So he wanted to sit in the passenger or in the in the window seat and she wouldn't let him. Yeah, this is. Oh, my God. Uh, and then it, it, it cuts it out at the end. I just yes. put yeah, that together. This really. So this is a weird thing in, in my own relationship where I f- have flown a lot of places to the point where yeah. I'm over it. Uh, my husband has not. And so I usually always give him the window seat because I've seen that shit. <laughs> but in part yeah. for me, it's because I remember this movie and think like, Something that is so trivial to me might mean so much more to somebody else. And to be dismissive of it, you have no idea, you know. And this is also where we get Julia's kind of thesis statement of the movie where she wants to marry someone I can see myself growing old with. And then she follows that up with, and Glenn will be a really good looking older man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I think you missed the point. (laughs) Um That's her mom talking. Yeah. And this is where we get into that second montage of them planning the wedding where they're cake tasting. They're trying on dresses. Yeah. Paige, I have a question about this. And forgive me. Like, I've never been dress shopping for a wedding dress. I'm sure that's true. But when you did that, Mm -hmm. did you bring all your friends and have them try on the dresses? Well, so usually when you do it, you often bring at least your mom and if you have any sisters or anything like that uh also if you've got like a close aunt or a grandmother usually it's like the ladies in your family uh some people also choose to bring their bridesmaids and have them try on bridesmaids dresses at the time i I have i have a funny dating story about this i how do you have a dating story about trying on wedding dresses i just started dating this girl i think we're like a couple of dates in she like goes with her friend wedding dress shopping okay she sends me a picture of her in a wedding dress she looks gorgeous i make the joke we've only oh no (laughs) oh no mikey i know where this is going we've only gone on two dates why are you trying to get so serious oh hilarious (laughs) that cascades into breakup (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing you didn't foresee that coming already well, now, my, Mikey's defense you don't send a picture of yourself in a wedding dress to a guy that you've been on two to three dates with I don't know man it sounds like she, she was looking pretty bang she looked really yeah I, is hot a degrading word I mean it was a she looked great right still there there is weight to that dress and that symbolism I like I don't know. I like it is. I thought it was a weird move myself. And that's yeah. why I kind of used the joke to like, let's like diffuse. Yeah. With humor. Well, and here's the thing. If I had gotten that text, I would have been like, 
I know. I'll put it on layaway. <laughs> like, ah, I, like I would have made a joke back. <laughs> but that's also because I understand that that's a crazy thing to send to somebody. Um, hey, Mike. Uh, uh, hey, Paige, will you do me a favor? Um, we need to have you start punching up Mikey's texts before oh, he sends I love them to doing these women that. he's dating. I, That'd be great. I, my favorite thing ever is when people let me talk to other people on dating apps for them. Because I oh, crush I it. <laughs> I have gotten no joke. I uh, had a roommate for a, uh, like two years after I moved back from San Diego, largely because I didn't want to live alone because I was sad. And I, I literally like ran his Bumble profile and I would talk to these women and I would like, I would write post-it notes about like what they, we had talked about and I would give them to him before he went on the date. Oh. Part of me thinks that's terrible. But part of I, me, I think that's funny. See, my, the problem with me is I can't resist a joke. So, That's I, me so too. I will I will escalate things because I'll just be like, oh, yeah. And they're like, don't <laughs> say that. And I'm like, too late. It's already sent. Um, I thought that I thought it was a funny joke when someone sent you a picture of their wedding dress two dates in. <laughs> I think I think it's hilarious because like it's weird. But then you have to be prepared for the response that you gave. Well, I mean, I asked her how yeah. wedding dress shopping was going and she sent me the picture and it looked like she was having fun. And I was like, oh, this is, I'll make a fun joke. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I went wedding dress shopping, I didn't have uh, I didn't have a bridal party. I, I didn't have bridesmaids. Jake didn't have groomsmen. Mm-hmm. And so it was just me trying on dresses. And the first time I went, I went to a wedding dress shop that claims to have 2000 dresses and carry plus sizes. Uh, it rhymes with Schmavid Schmeidel. And they had two dresses <laughs> in the entire store that I could try on. Two. Oh, wow. It was brutal. And, and I couldn't actually try them on. They just like binder clipped them onto me. Like, yeah. brutal. So the next time I went, I found a shop that was like, we have a plus size selection, but all the dresses looked the same. So I ended up just sobbing, thinking that I was never going to find anything. And then I never went wedding dress shopping again. (laughs) And I had someone make my dress and it was the best decision I could have ever made. So I'm glad uh, you got a custom dress like you got custom rings. That's awesome. Dude, it cost me half the price of a dress off the rack. Like we're custom make your dress. Fuck the wedding industrial system. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I and real talk every single person that saw my wedding pictures was like where did you get that dress and i'm just like yes fuck all y'all that don't want to carry my size everyone wants this dress now anyway so part of their montage is the limo obstacle course Oh yes, which I love this scene. <laughs> I feel like this is something I would do to He's Mikey. Like, like I, I, this, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I loved this their like dynamic between him and the best friend. I love. He it. just like picks up the mannequins and shoves them through <laughs> the window of the limo. Yeah, um, and then and then like Drew Barrymore is like, "Is this necessary?" And He's like, "No, he's the only limo driver in town." This is just really funny. Uh, <laughs> And then he's like, but you ran over, to, like, he's yeah, like, he's uh, like as, he's, as he's throwing the things, as he's throwing the mannequins in the backseat, he's like, you're running out of time. And he like, he like zooms up and like parks. And then he goes, you ran over some cones, man. There could have been two, a guest. Yeah, he said two cones. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, 10 he's second like, delay. He's like, they weren't guests. They're cones. My, yeah, he's like, they were just cones. I love that part. My favorite is without communicating with each other, he pulls up. 
Adam Sandler looks at the stopwatch and then turns it to Drew Barrymore and she plays along again. So it's again (laughs) partners in crime of like, we're making pranks on people, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah. The next scene we have is them essentially dropping her off at home. And it's scored to the song Every Day I Write the Book by Elvis Costello from 1983, which is okay. essentially really? yes, uh, which is essentially right. the story of a breakup. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, this is also the scene where right after he notices that her jacket is still in the car and he remembers when she took the jacket off, which is insane. Yeah. No one would ever remember that. Like. You're not Rain Man. We haven't established that in any part of this movie. Um, but he just pays attention. Yeah, well, he and, tells and the limo driver she took it off because she thought it was going to rain, but it got too hot. It was too hot for jacket weather. She didn't want to sweat. Yes. And he's like, oh, you have a thing for her. Yeah, because essentially yeah. implying like you're paying too much attention. You clearly must have a thing for her. Um, yes, and he does. That's fair. He does, and but he denies it. Uh, the very like you do the, like you do the very next day we cut to julia's house where holly is failing to put together a rubik's cube um which uh was essentially originally invented in 1974 as the magic cube and then remanufactured oh. in the u.s as a rubik's cube in 1980 so it's new to them but not new to the world it was all the rage in the early 80s though apparently indeed indeed um yeah this is the scene where Robbie comes to bring the jacket back. Yes. And this scene now as a grown-up really bugs me. Um, yes. I am not a fan. It's a scene that makes the least sense for either of their characters. No one would ever do this. It is purely a device to let them kiss without it technically being cheating. I don't like it. But this is the yes. church scene. No, I don't like it scene. either. And so- yeah, and yeah. I don't think it's necessary for their arc. I don't think so either. I don't think it is either. You could have their first kiss be on the plane at the end, and I'd still buy this movie all the same. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But it's it's like really, it's Holly, and then um, Holly and Drew Barrymore's character are like talking about what kind of know, kiss. How, how do you properly mm-hmm. kiss at a wedding? Yeah. So like, like Paige, like did you, uh, did you, uh, like what, what was your Yeah, how much tongue kiss? did oh, you give Jake yeah. at the wedding? I licked him from nipple to neck. <laughs> I did not. Uh, We kissed like normal people because it's a wedding and there's a bunch of people (gasps) watching. So like mouth closed or mouth open? Uh, Slightly open. Uh, Literally as they describe in this this movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So at my wedding, it was like, it was like closed. It was like mouth closed completely. How old were you though? Todd was Uh, 14. I was 25 when I got married. So... 27 when I got divorced. Hey. How you doing? Hey. I I mean So yeah, obviously I did it wrong and that's why that's why I didn't Well, work I out, mean apparently. I was I mean I was also 31. So like I feel fair. like there's yeah. a life of difference between there. So Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. That is fair. Um so Glenn walks in you know right as that's happening which is also kind of a screenwriting problem of like what are the odds that everyone arrives at the same time but he had to deliver the cd player that he just bought for 700 bucks Uh, i have notes about adam sandler goes i kissed her it was nothing i'm sorry i have to go and he doesn't well yeah and then doesn't care that's what's so crazy 
But it, it's, he doesn't care because he thinks he's talking about Holly. Yes. And then he yes. goes, yeah, well, who hasn't kissed right. Holly? Well, yeah, because Holly goes, he kissed me. Right. That's what right. he's talking about. That's, yeah, yeah, he's that's like, how yeah. they save the scene or whatever. Right. right. So, I almost think, but so here, also, here's where the movie kind of plays, where like, I think a different version of the script may have done this. Throughout the film, or the first half of the film, it seems like, Holly strongly dislikes Glenn, which that's throughout the film. Yeah. But it yeah. also seems like she's pushing Julia towards Robbie for like half the film. I feel like the second half of the film, yes. I feel like the first half of the film, because there there are definite moments where Holly is pro-Glenn because she tries to talk her and well, she no, basically is like, yeah, because no, he's got I money. I don't think so because Glenn like trash talks Holly in front of her all the time and she cuts at him it, like, uh, are you being able to make your engagement party? Because the new episode of Miami Vice is on. He's like, oh, it comes on Sunday. So, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, it's not it's not a matter of like, is she like pro Glenn or anti Glenn? She is explaining why Drew Barrymore's character is attracted to Glenn. And it's because the money and security. Uh, aspect well, that's it. that's but I mean, like in this scene, yeah. I felt like she was tricking Drew Barrymore to kiss Robbie because she knew they were a good couple from the montage. The only the only reason I don't think that's the case is because she goes out on the date with Robbie after and and well, that, actually tries to get in his pants. That's what I think. I was like, is this like a different version of the script? Because mm. at that point when she's like, I want to go on a date with him, I was like, where's this coming from? It seems like she wants them to get together. Yeah. Leading up to this point. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So... About For your next rewatch, I want those thoughts. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, about the, <laughs> the CD player. So between 1983 and 1985, approximately 900,000 CD players were sold. Um, but they ranged in price from as low as 1999, which was a very, very low end one, to about $1,000. Most were in the seven dollars to $800 range. Um current price would put them around like it you know if they were the same price today uh accounted yeah. for inflation it's at about two thousand three hundred dollars uh and that Ugh. is from a spin magazine article from 1985 called compact discs the sound of the future that is so <laughs> insane yeah so that's just one more element of like he's got money and yes he's throwing it around so then we get to their double date. This, I yeah. think we've hit a point in the movie where Drew Barrymore actively has feelings for Adam Sandler and won't admit it, but it is bothering her to see him with Holly, and that's why she's getting drunk. Absolutely. In yes. fact, the very short scene before the double date where Holly and Drew Barrymore are talking about it, mm -hmm. about because Holly's like, ooh, he's kind of cute, and he's single, and I'm single, maybe we should double date. Mm -hmm. And Drew Barrymore is like, yeah, she's sort of saying like the yes type things, but yeah. you can sense mm -hmm. some hesitation. And she's like, listen, if you don't want me to date him, I won't. And then she's like, no, 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 it's fine, because that's what you're supposed to say when you're going to marry someone else but have a crush on somebody. Which and is what she even like, said. She's good, like, because oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 But then Holly's like, good, because I want to date him. So they, that's when we jump to the date. And you're right, Paige. Mm -hmm. She is, I mean, sort of. She's like going along with it, but you can tell she's a little annoyed that she's not on a date with him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, yeah. Cause he's being very polite and he was very polite to Holly throughout the montages. Yeah. yeah. Wedding stuff. Yeah. And, and that is juxtaposed against Glenn, who is a total trash person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm glad that we're going on this double date because he definitely needs to get laid. And like Holly's a sure thing. And he's like, 
Glenn's a douche and he treats Holly very poorly. Yes. Yeah. Um, this scene is where we essentially find out while Julia's getting sick because she's gotten too drunk, we find out that Glenn is currently cheating on Julia and intends to continue cheating on Julia. Which I thought yeah. this was devious because it's like Adam Sandler sitting there listening to Glenn. And it's like a spark goes. It's like a the mat the, the light bulb goes off of like, I think this Glenn guy may be the worst guy in the world. Let me see if yeah. I can easily set him up to expose this. Yeah. And so he's like, look at that waitress. What a hot piece of ass that is, right, Glenn? And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, let me tell you about this. <laughs> and then he's like, you couldn't get something like that now, Glenn. You're too old, right? Well, I can get something like that. I got something like that recently. Like how recently? You're with Julia. Well. 10, like days, 10 ago. days ago yeah, yeah. it's like oh he falls right into the trap there yeah not only does he say that he also explains how he does it like yeah well she's here and i'm in a city and i work late hours wink it yeah. and yeah, i was like right. oh not only are you admitting to cheating on your fiance you're also telling this guy who you don't really know that well how you're pulling it off and well, that you're going to continue your plan is not to stop Yes, he tells that. Like, yeah. oh, well, that'll stop when you get married, right? He's like, uh, no. No, why would it? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's established that all of Glenn's friends are just like him, and he assumes all guys are like that. Right. Probably. Because they run into Glenn's friends at the pre-bachelor party. Yeah. And and they're yeah. all assholes, and they're all yes. on, on Glenn's side. Now, at this point, we find out that Julia is sick, and she's throwing up, and Glenn doesn't really bother to help her. He makes it Holly's job. And he goes to get the car, which is a DeLorean. Which is, oh, I want a DeLorean. Now, I was so happy when I saw this. This is just because it's so 80s. It is so 80s. But did you know that they declared bankruptcy in 1982, three years before this movie is set? Yeah. So he would have had this DeLorean looks a little run down. It does look a little run down. And the reason they declared bankruptcy, if you're not aware, is because John DeLorean was videotaped agreeing to bankroll a drug trafficking scheme, but was acquitted on the basis of entrapment, but in the process yep. lost his entire motor company, which was bought by a guy in Texas in 1995, which is why you can still buy DeLoreans that are kind of refurbished to this day. Yeah. There you uh, go. I really want one. Mikey, let's get one. <laughs> like, do you guys think I'd look good in a DeLorean? I think it'd be very uncomfortable Mikey. to drive with your wide yeah, shoulders. It would be. They're, they're notoriously bad cars. But if I'm going to get it, I'm going to like <laughs> retrofit it to look like the Back to the Future DeLorean. Well, yeah. Oh, Mikey, that's, you're going to get way. it if you have one. You got to put that Mr. Sure. Fusion on the roof. You know what I'm but saying? But then you can only have sex with your mom. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> oh, more Back to the Future references. I get it. Right. Now. I was like, I was like, wait, right. what, pray. That's not what I was expecting of you. <laughs> This point in the movie is my personal relationship advice for people who are thinking of marrying someone. Never. Don't. Well, that's not true. Uh, Never marry someone that you haven't barfed in front of or Mm -hmm. had horrible diarrhea around. Oh, yeah. That's an, you really get to know somebody. That's you at your worst. When you find out what's coming out of their home. That is you at your worst. And if they're still like, I love you. (laughs) <laughs> then they're still like I can handle they're this. there to stay <laughs> they are there yeah. to stay so that's my two cents to you never marry someone you haven't thrown up in front of hey um Mikey did you feel like um uh Holly was trying a little bit too hard on this date to let 
Adam Sandler's character know she was super interested in him physically? Did no. You no- notice I, any of that stuff? I know. I mean, I think it's fine if you're going to send clear signals. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I okay. I think that and and they don't explore this enough with Holly. They don't really give her the bandwidth of character right. to explore right. it. I think what they're trying to set up is the idea that her interactions with men are first and foremost sexual. And that's yes. just yeah. how she relates to people. And that's how she sees her worth in this world. Which Which is terrible. It's a it's reductive for sure. And I feel like there's a little bit, you know, there's a different way to approach it and a little bit more grounded of a version of this that you could have given her as a character that essentially it could go one of two ways it could go her self-esteem is low and this is how she boosts it because she is very upset when he turns her down or you could go the complete other way where she is unbridled from social mores and kind of loves herself and is just upfront with people and I feel yeah, like I sort of saw her as just like a very sex positive, very like she owns her sexuality kind of person. I, I don't. But think because they, of that. Yeah. Glenn and other men hate her. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't think they go far enough in either direction. Like what Paige yes, is talking about. I, I think, think they straddle they went, the line, yeah, which is sure, which I think is like a 90s thing. Yeah. Uh, and then like I think if they were able to go like to the, uh, a completely sex positive point, it would have been a good juxtaposition for like the kind of chemistry that Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler's characters have, which is like their senses of humors and they're helping people. They all match up and like that's their big attraction. Yeah, because like it has their, not been stuff. physical yet for them, right? Really, at and all. it doesn't, and it, it, it won't be yeah. until the end. And then like have her being like, "I'm really attracted to you. You're really attracted to me. I bet we'd have really great sex." And like that's a really great thing to base a relationship on, and like have that be like the well, he's like, "Well, that's one thing, but that's not everything." Like that could have been another moment where it could yeah. have gone a little deeper. I think. Yeah. But, you know, and I think there's, you know, timing and budget. Like, I'm sure there's uh, yeah, 50 yeah, more yeah. scenes we could add to this movie that would fix Basically, the problems for 2020 America. But plays off of the cheap one-liners of, like, she's wanting to sleep with people, and then she wants to sleep with him, and then him saying no is how she finds out he has a thing for Julia. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. it couldn't just be that he wasn't interested in her. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I did think that, that was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because when he turns her down, she's not like, oh, well, maybe he's just not in th- that into me. He's like, she's like, oh, you must be in love with my best friend, which I think is a pretty big leap in logic, but she's right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's maybe because he's just... asking questions about her throughout her conversation. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Like, he goes, she goes to Glenn's house a lot. She stays there. Yeah. Why are you asking this question when I'm, when we're trying to like make out at the end of a date? Right. Um, she tells him that Julie is marrying Glenn because he is financially Ugh. stable. And yeah, the, security. the security aspect the security. of it. And, yeah, you're, which, and you're just a wedding singer, which is exactly yep. what his fiance said. Yes. Yep. Oh. Yeah. So the next day he interviews at a bank, uh, with Kevin Nealon, where he's I know, I know, I loved it. I loved it so much. Where he's like, I don't I don't have experience. I want money. I have some. I'd like more. That's where you come in. Um but they cut back and forth between him at the bank and Julia going to Rosie's house, assuming that he'd be there for the singing lesson. 
and he's not. But this is also where we get a throwaway line of like, well, he's trying to move out of his sister's basement with all the nipple twisting that goes on in that house, which I think <laughs> is the only reason that that scene exists earlier in the movie is to pay off that I joke honestly here. didn't even realize that. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I missed that completely, Paige. Yes. That's so funny. Uh, this is also where we find out that she made him a present that is oh, directly yeah. related to kind of his, his passion. Passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he doesn't realize it. He is kind of a dick about the quote unquote security thing where he's like, isn't that what you want money? And then she kind of scatters the uh, music sheet music and yeah. he picks it up and just says, she made me a present. I am an asshole. I'm just like <laughs> through gritted teeth. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. And so he, at this point, is just kind of resigned to, like, I blew it. She's going to marry that other guy. And so he is out drinking with his friends at a bar where they have what I think is a a pretty great conversation considering the rest of this movie about male relationships. I really like it. Because the whole time you're like, why are they friends? And this implies that their friendship is built off of moments like this. Yeah. Would, yeah, and this is the conversation where I was like, oh, I think I've had this conversation with Mikey before. And I'm pretty sure I was dressed like Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I'd bet dollars to donuts. <laughs> we we at least know I was wearing a leather jacket and layers. Like, I, I can confirm that part of it. <laughs> Just tear off track pants, jeans, tuxedo <laughs> pants, four <laughs> pairs of shoes, three hats. Yeah, exa- exactly. Because... Because the whole movie establishes that Adam Sandler isn't really like hanging out like with people like Glenn. So like, why is he hanging out with the limo driver? Right. And you find out that the limo driver is mostly just all talk at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He's honestly a really good dude. He's just very sort of he's all talk like you were saying. Right. Yeah. But what we see here is two male friends having a real conversation about their feelings. Yes. In in this crazy movie, they do take time to like. Hey, we have feelings. They are valid. And sometimes I present something other than my feelings, but here's how I really feel. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact, the bartender is the screenwriter. Oh! No shit! That's awesome. Yes. Now, we cut to um, Drew Barrymore the night before her wedding, trying her wedding dress on. He leaves the bar ostensibly to go to her. We don't Mm -hmm. see him get there yet. We cut to Julia's house with her mom, where her mom is just like, of course you should marry Glenn. He's rich. You just have... He's the safe choice. Yeah, you just got cold feet. I don't even know why you're considering it. And when she brings up Robbie, she's like, the wedding singer? Like, she (laughs) gives that same reaction that everyone else has given of just like, why would you do that? That loser? That loser? Um, and then Ugh. leaves her alone, thinking that she has talked her into whatever she was trying to talk her into. And mm-hmm. that's when Drew Barrymore starts practicing her name in the mirror. Now, this is where she it's almost like it's the first time she realized that her name would be Julia Gulia. Because she like says it out <laughs> and loud. And that does make her start to and cry. It makes her yeah. start I to mean, cry. Which, I understand. That would make me cry as well. Yeah. Uh, and then she switches it up. Where she uses Robbie's name and she's just super happy where she it feels like yeah. it fits. Ugh. 
And ironically, this is when Ravi is walking up to the house. Yes. So he yeah. sees her excited and thinks that she's excited about her wedding the next day. And he decides that he couldn't ruin her wedding. He couldn't hurt her that way. So he goes Which back to the bar. Which I thought was a sweet moment. It is a very, very sweet, sweet moment. It is. Um, he goes back to the bar. They talk a little bit more about their feelings, but they have to go outside the bar because he brought alcohol in in a bag. <laughs> And which you can't do at a bar, right? They want to serve you in house. And and this is what the the limo driver's like, really, I just want to meet someone who can hold me. That that was I know. And I was like, oh, that's a Mikey line for (laughs) sure. (laughs) So they go outside, and this is where they run into Glenn and his like coterie of frat douches. Like just a a collective, like a a murder of bros, just like walking down the sidewalk. A murder of bros is the correct term. And he's got like his arm around his date for the I actually, evening. I think it's a clutch of bros. Oh, <laughs> that makes uh, sense. But yes. But they're also they're also swarming with the privilege of Karen. Yes. Right? Who the they're about cheating on their Karen. spouses with, right? So That's like good That's really So good. you're welcome. And um and then uh Glenn goes, You're not gonna go snitch into Julia, are you? And I don't understand how he doesn't understand that he is in public in her hometown. Yeah. People are going to see him actively cheating on his fiance. Yeah. Like um, Rob or Adam Sandler's character would not have to say anything for that to get back. To yeah. Her. And this is uh, what like, does he lose his temper at this point? Yes. Well, it really is the old guy who had his arm around what? the uh, best uh. friend limo driver who goes to punch him. And then he goes. I used to be a lot stronger. stronger. Yes. <laughs> well, and essentially he robs Adam Sandler of the like element of surprise because yeah. Adam Sandler yeah. is going to beat the shit out of him. And the old guy gets in the way, which puts him off guard. So Glenn punches him. Yeah. yeah. Not the old guy. Glenn punches Adam Sandler. Right. And he gets knocked, knocked down. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we then yeah. he gets home, basically passes out on his front lawn. Well, yeah, but he like runs into his ex. Well, this right? is where she picks him up off the front yeah. lawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they have they have a really quick conversation that he does not remember, yeah. and then he like passes out, and then it cuts to them sort of waking up. Well, the his next morning. his conversation when he's drunk is like, "Get out of here! I don't want anything to do yeah. with you." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in the Broadway play, this is her second song, and it's oh, a whole it. song about why they should get back together. But it's essentially like Steel Panther presents why we should get back together. <laughs> oh my god, it's I love great. it! Great. Uh, so then, the next morning, he's still passed. So out. wait, she's like in the musical. It sounds like she's like the King George character. Yes, like she has two songs that crush, and she's out, out and that's yes, awesome. Yes, I love it. Absolutely. The next morning, he's still passed out. Julia now realizing that she has feelings for Robbie goes to tell him and Linda answers the door in nothing but a Van Halen t-shirt. Oh man. Yeah. And basically he's like, Oh, Robbie's indisposed Bye." and Julia picking up what Linda's putting down is like, Oh, they got back together. 
I'm fucked, basically. It's a sign. Right. It's a sign. It's a I'll sign. Just leave. I'll just leave. Right. Could you just tell him that I stopped by and then Linda goes, yeah, 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 I'll tell him Jennifer, Which whatever. I felt all this was <laughs> unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is a little too much. Well, th- this is the part that gets into the, like, Shakespearean farce aspect of, like. Yeah, you gotta have your <laughs> yeah. Romeo and Juliet yeah. type-ish I, moment, f- right? Fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, go yeah. with you on this. So. I did like how, uh, we'll get there. Well, I, I loved how, so she goes back in, Robbie wakes up and he's like, what are you doing here? Get out. And, yeah. and yeah. she's like, I could learn to be okay with you being a wedding singer. He's like, I don't want you to learn to be okay with it. Get out. And <laughs> right. take off that t-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up. So funny. They bro- Funniest joke of the movie. Yeah, they broke up that year. They broke up in 1985. <laughs> yeah, and then they got back together with Gary Sharon from Extreme. It was a dark time for Van Halen, guys. <laughs> I do love that she says, so you're still pissed about the wedding thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm still a little hurt okay. about you leaving me at the altar. Mm-hmm. So did her family not pay for the wedding? I I don't know. <laughs> like, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. I well, think you're focusing on the wrong no, no, thing. No, like you. no but like, it seemed like she had no consequences to like leaving him at the altar. Well, here's the other thing. Her mom wasn't at the wedding. Because remember, the sister says, I just got a call from her mom. She's not coming. Oh, and I was yeah, like, she left a note. your mom oh, yeah. would, isn't even at this wedding? Like, what's happening? So I, I have no idea. Uh, but I also hmm. think that Ugh. they had the wedding at his work, because that's why Julia's working there. So I would wonder right. how much of it was comped. Oh, yeah. So it probably wasn't that That expensive. may be. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's fair. That is fair. So uh, Linda's out. Um but Julia then goes to see Glenn, who is asleep in man panties with a mirrored headboard. Yeah, uh, it was the 80s. Come on now. Mirrored <laughs> headboard. And she tells him, let's get married in Vegas. Let's go. And he's like, oh, thank God. Yes. I do. I do love when they're walking to the car to like go to the airport to go to Vegas. He's like, so do you want to like get some gambling in before we get married? And she's like, <laughs> like no, I just want like, to get Yeah. Yeah, he's like, no, she's like, no, I just want to get married. Let's uh, let's just do this thing. He's like, all right, whatever. So we Fine. <laughs> we cut back to we're now at Frank and Rosie's anniversary. Oh, and I love it. And she crushes it. Ex- extremely sweet. It's beautiful. And Robbie, in watching them, almost realizes who he wants to grow old with, I think is what yes. it's implying. Uh-huh. I think so, yeah. yeah. And so he decides that he can't let her go. He has to talk to her, uh, knowing that their wedding is the next day. So this would be the day before the wedding. Um, On his way out, he runs into Holly, who tells him that they flew to Vegas. So now it's a mad dash to the airport where they meet uh, ostensibly the lead singer of Flock of Singles, who is playing a game (laughs) agent. It has to be, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not the actual guy. Wait, is no, it? it's not. Oh, I mean, it, it might, <laughs> it as, might well as well be. be. It looks just like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And he manages to book the last seat on the next flight going to Vegas, and it is in first class. Yes, because the next flight's the next day. Right. Yeah. So what we see is they board, and Glenn won't give her the window seat, which to her, this is her chance to remember that Linda wouldn't give Robbie the window seat. Right, it's, right. It's one more. And then he gives the excuse of, uh, I don't want it to hit my elbow oh, when the drink cart goes by. Oh, and she just gets wrecked have, by that drink you, cart later. You <laughs> have smaller. Uh, yeah, she does. 
And it's like, it, it looked like it really hit her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever yeah. had this happen called... to you, but it's super painful. <laughs> uh, Todd. I actually haven't. I've been lucky, I guess. Oh, that looked real. Because I got some big ass elbows. Look at this. Yeah. I, I, many Check a time. Many, many Todd, a time. Todd, that looked real, but like, that's acting. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. What what's acting? Explain it to me. <laughs> it's where things that you, aren't no no really Mikey don't don't. I, I, <laughs> uh, Wait okay so do you know what John Lovitz does? That's acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ooh, yeah, we we find out that Billy Idol is in first <laughs> class. And also legit the best actor in this Billy movie. Billy Idol's great yes. in this movie. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. I thought it was an actor doing like a lookalike thing. Is that really Billy that Idol? Is really that Billy really is Billy Idol. Idol. <laughs> this is I was really like, that Billy actor Idol. does a really good Billy Idol. No, it is he, really Billy Idol. Uh, and this is... Mikey, he does it so well because he is in fact... Himself. Yes, that's <laughs> Todd. Um, that's not acting. So here's the crazy thing. So this is where uh, Robbie starts to tell his story to the people in VIP, and he says to a woman next to him, "I'm going to Vegas to stop a wedding," and she replies with, "That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard." Bitch, you don't know, know them. You don't know what's going on. Like I know it works for this movie, but for all you know, Robbie's the asshole, and they're just trying to yeah. escape him from ruining their wedding. For no, all no. she knows, I, Robbie's I, the abusive ex-boyfriend yes. who Come can't on. let his Come ex-girlfriend go, and he's going to like, yeah, like it could be a horrible situation. Yes. It's a long flight. Someone opens up with a statement like that. You just say like, "Oh, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard." To invite them to tell you the dramatic story because you're oh, bored and, and you have Mikey. A, and you have a drink in your hand. It's called counseling. <laughs> oh, and Mikey, he does that because it cuts like back and forth between coach and first class. And the next time it cuts from coach to first class, he has all of them lined up like on like risers, and he's like telling them the story. And dude, I love how Billy Idol like <laughs> breaks it down and like like I, only I wrote possessions my notes, I like, matter oh, to him. <laughs> yeah, I yes, was like, Billy so, gets it, man. Billy really so gets the story. He's Billy Idol saying this from first class. Like, what a materialistic asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so oh, one of the flight attendants comes into first class and says that a creepy guy called her grade A top choice meet and asked if she wanted to join the Mile High Club. And that's the same verbiage that Glenn used earlier in the movie. Yeah. And now, so we now know that they're in coach and they're on the same flight. Right. Oh, but what I like I is like, love... the transitions between them is the plane flying. So you think it's like four, like two different flights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So w what I love about this is a lady, I think it was the same lady who asked, um, oh, or, I think it was the same lady who said, oh, that's so sweet to Adam Sandler mm -hmm. when he first started talking. She asks, what's the Mile High Club? And then Billy Idol says nothing, but says everything with that smile. <laughs> That's it true. is amazing. That's true. Another great Billy Idol moment is when Adam Sandler goes, peeks in the curtain, comes back, and he's like, this is the flight. They're on this flight. Billy Idol's like, no. <laughs> he's amazing. He's great, isn't yeah. So yeah. Uh, they hatch a plan, and yes. they allow... Robbie to basically sing a song he wrote for Julia called I Want to Grow Old with You, which is one of the best songs ever. Oh, and yeah. this is where I start crying in the movie. Oh, Super yep. sad. Same. Um, 
and Glenn wakes up in the middle of the song and tries to stop it. And Billy Idol gets in his way and he says, get out of my way, Billy. And then a rogue Billy (laughs) Idol fan just stands up and says, no one talks to Billy Idol that way. (laughs) And that's what he does is like, Uh, yeah, yeah, no one talks to me that way. Wide wedding. Yes. Fun fact, (laughs) that Billy Idol fan is a professional wrestler that I have never heard of, but I read that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently. Well, thank you for your half. Thank you for your half fact, Mikey. <laughs> well, I'm, getting, I'm getting there. <laughs> we, we then baby steps, Mikey. We then cut to their wedding, ostensibly the next day. So what I imagine is yeah. that they flew back and then had the wedding that they planned together, and, okay. and which is basically their <laughs> wedding. <laughs> In my mind, Canon, they like stopped the wedding and dated for like a year. No, no, I'm pretty sure they they. It does not appear. It that does way. not appear that way. Uh, that makes it so much weirder. Uh, this is when we Mikey, get into when you like know, you know. whether or not they're going to be together or not. After I think this is going to come into play. Uh, so this, yeah, it is for me too because I I thought about that too. Yeah, Pete. so this is also where Steve Buscemi is the wedding singer. Um, yes. I loved it. And I love Steve Buscemi so much. That's the end of the movie. Now, do yes, you want do you want me to break down some of the costs of what this yes. wedding probably cost? Yes. Yes, absolutely I absolutely I do. Right okay. So according to an article in Fortune magazine published July twenty second, nineteen eighty five, the average cost of a wedding reception was a little bit over six thousand uh, dollars which is a lot you know but not nearly as much as it is now i'm worried about that adjusted for inflation yeah so sit down receptions could cost up to 150 per guest which is wild like that's a pretty hefty yeah. sum uh and designer wedding dresses could go for ten thousand dollars or more which is true but that's not the norm your average wedding dress at the time was about three to four hundred dollars. Um, flower displays were a few thousand. That hasn't really changed much. Uh, photography and videography was about eight hundred dollars. That is considerably more expensive now. Um, yeah. Now, well, but she got a really good deal. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> so a lot of these costs were new at the time. Because the wedding industrial complex as it stands today really kind of started in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, The reason Uh. I know this is because my parents got married in 1982, and I've actually sat down and interviewed both of them about their wedding uh, only a few years prior to when this film is set. And they were kind of a rarity among their friends for having a big wedding. And if you want to know how crazy inflation is... They spent close to the same amount I did for my wedding in 2019. But here's the comparison. They had a church ceremony for 500 people with a reception oh, for geez. 300 with a full sit down dinner and cake and a band in a local Italian restaurant. So they basically rented out the entire restaurant and they you know cleared out the freezers and stuff basically for that wedding. Um, that cost about the same as. I had a ceremony and a reception for a hundred people with a buffet and a really great DJ in a theme hotel. So like, that's how crazy inflation is and how expensive weddings have gotten over time. It's about two to three times the cost these days. So, 
So if you need proof as to whether Reagan fucked up America's economy or yeah. not, or if trickle down economics works or not, the answer is no. And that proves well, it. and I think this is actually something that's pretty uniquely cultural, where weddings were kind of a church and a family thing for a long time. They weren't the huge events that we see now. And people saw yeah. a market to make them that huge event. And so this is where all the businesses around weddings start to really kind of up their pricing in a way where it's like, if you want to you know, keep up with the Joneses, you buy this dress, you buy this, you go to this venue, you have to pay for this kind of dinner. All of these things that are not a requirement, but are just societally pushed upon people which then drives this giant industry that's suffering very badly during coronavirus. <laughs> I'm sure, oh, yeah. yeah. Now, as far as the house where his sister and brother-in-law live, and ostensibly if they were to buy a house together, a house in Ridgefield, New Jersey right now is approximately $500,000 to $600,000. The home, median home listing price in the u.s is two thousand two hundred twenty six thousand eight hundred but that number can vary depending on where you buy a home for example uh the median cost in california is like five to six hundred thousand um you yeah. know it's just way above uh, almost everywhere else but this means that ridgefield new jersey is about 2.65 times above the median average so it would imply that for 60 bucks a night, which is the equivalent of about 140 bucks today, they would not be able to afford it. So there you go. Yeah, that's really funny. Those are my. Yeah, so there's no way they're surviving on his salary. He needs to go back to Kevin Nealon and beg for that job. Yeah, especially because well, she's in the a end waitress. Of the movie, <laughs> yeah. In, in the end of the movie, Billy Idol wants him to write songs. For that him. is true. It's that's like a true. throwaway You're line. Right. Yeah. So, Right, yeah, so he may be a rock star. Who knows? Right. But also, I think they would have moved if they were together. I mean, I, I think there are people who weren't looking for being rich and famous. They just wanted to be loved. Yes. Yeah, I think so, yes. too. And mm -hmm. I think that is, uh, you know, the point of the movie, in a way. Um, I think so, too. Now, do you think they're still together? I like am operating under the assumption that they got married the day after the flight Me too. on Vegas yep. Air. By the way, never fly yes. on Vegas Air. There's no way that's safe. But I, my mind, they got back and the next day, the next day they got married. So, no, I don't think they're still together <laughs> because they did not know each other very well. And honestly, I think it's largely because. When she went to the bathroom to throw up, Adam Sandler did not go with her, so he didn't get to see her that That's way. That's the whole oh, reason. Okay. Do you think they're exactly. together, Mikey? Counterpoints. <laughs> Make a tape. I do think they're together. I don't of think the wedding do. was the next day. Okay. Here, okay. Here is my evidence. Steve Buscemi would have taken a long time to become a successful wedding singer from the beginning of the movie, which was only a three weeks prior. So this is right. this has showed his redemption yeah. arc in between these times, which would have taken months, maybe even a year. I mean, I don't know. Reservoir I'm Dogs takes granted. place over only like a couple uh, weeks. <laughs> yeah, but he's got to learn to sing and be a successful wedding singer. It's gonna take months. I believe they got back and actually dated. <laughs> I, you might be right. That's you, actually you a good point. Oh, and I also because Boy George is in the wedding with the dress. And he couldn't just find that the 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 night before or the day of. I think he bought it's, it when they went shopping. Uh, yeah, he already had that. Yeah, okay, I think uh, the wedding is the next day. Now, 
I want to. No, I don't. I don't. I want to rewatch the scene and make more points. But I've, I've now I've forgotten. Uh, I do. I do think they could be still together, but I also think that they both have some communication issues and maybe some codependent tendencies that would suggest that maybe in the long run, if they do stay together, they're going to have to do a lot of personal growth work. Yes. Same. Agree. Which I think they encouraged each other to do when Drew Barrymore. Well, Drew Barrymore encouraged him to do, but you know, it was a one-sided movie where he didn't encourage her to do anything. Uh, so hopefully that it was a, you know, a re- I don't think it was the next day. And I think they encourage each other to grow. I think they're together. I'm going to go ahead and come down. I, I'll practice. say that. I think if they're together, they're together for the kids. And when they go to college. No, a- no, 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 no. I'm going to say. No. I'm going to say that I want them to be together. I want that to be the case. I don't know that that's actually the case. Um, I think if they put time into it and work on it, they could be. But I don't know that that's the case. I'm. I'm. If the right wedding the was the next day, I'm gonna say no. But I'm. I'm thinking it's a year from then. So yes. Also, okay. engagements weren't that long back then. My parents were only engaged for four months. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they've been married. For okay. Like so I think they dated years. like six months and then got married at like a year. Yeah. That's 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 my story. I'm going for it. We also don't really know exactly how long it took them to plan her wedding. That's true. Because and they were sort of dating during that time. Yeah, because they could have been planning that wedding for six months. It doesn't give us an accurate depiction of how long that took. All right, so let's talk box office. Yes, I, I, so I, I know all. Th- I know all the numbers, so you have to skip me. Uh, oh, okay. do you? Yeah. So what do you know? Paige? I don't. I did not look at it. So what do you think the budget for this movie is? That I I think this was actually probably pretty low budget. I would say maybe five million. So the, the information I have says it was $18 million. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that makes sense for all the stuff that they had to kind of recreate as the 80s. Yeah. yeah. But I, and but I, this I is mean, like peak Dr- Barrymore and Sam. That's true. I bet a lot of it went to actors. And I Billy so Idol's too. in this. Yeah, no, well, 18 yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just for the cocaine budget alone for Idol, I mean, it has to have been hot. <laughs> So what do you think it made its first week out, which was February 13th was the day it came out, um, 1998. Oh, what do you think? It came out Valentine's Day weekend. Oh, that yes. movie made an ass load of money. That probably made 40 grand. Oh. 40 grand? 40 grand. I mean, 40 million, sorry. <laughs> 40 grand in, in 80s money, <laughs> accounting for inflation. Yeah, absolutely. It made $21.9 million its first weekend out. So it it passed its budget its first weekend out. The only movie that beat it was Titanic, and Titanic was in its ninth week. Oh, my God. I've never seen Titanic, but I hear that people consider it romantic. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to do it. Uh, It beat... It beat Sphere, it beat Good Will Hunting, and As Good As It Gets. That was the top five that week that it came out. Um, It went on to make $80 million at the domestic box office and another $43 million internationally, putting it up at $123 million. It was a hit. That's a hit. That's insane. Was this before or after Little Nicky? This is before Little Nicky. Little Nicky was like the turn for me. Yes, it was. I don't like these anymore. What do you guys think now that we talked about it? 
Oh, I like it. I think it's a great movie. It doesn't hold up as much as I'd love it to, but it still holds up pretty yeah. well, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. love the love story, but some of the yeah. jokes didn't hold up as well because of some of the 90s humor. But I, I kind of really loved it, and I, I think I appreciate it a lot more watching it today than I probably ever have. Yeah, I, I it was one of those movies where, like, re-watching it now, I'm like, yeah, there are things that I don't like about it, but I see so many of the things that I do like that I'm like, yes, this is why this is one of my favorite movies. Yes, I, I yeah. get it. I understand it holds up. Well, thank you all for joining us tonight. Yes, this is the longest yeah, so this episode week, we've done. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we watched The Wedding Singer. What are we watching next week? Next week we're uh, watching How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. A yeah. classic that I loved in college. It is. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days for next week. So if you want to follow uh, Mikey, well, I guess all of us, you can listen to the horror version podcast because uh, Paige has been on that as well. I <laughs> Hello. guess, right? What? I'm here too. <laughs> is that is that is that the case? I don't know what's happening. Um. So yeah. So guys, check it out there. We are um, and Mikey is also on that show as well. Uh, Paige is also on another awesome podcast called Cult Podcast. Yes, you, it's amazing. Thank you. It you is. can follow us at Cult Podcast on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show on Instagram. And if you want to follow us all individually, please do so. Mikey is at M Randolph twenty four. I am at Todd J Awesome, and Paige is at Paige Wesley. Except for on Instagram, she's at Rampage Wesley because someone took the name. Yeah, same oh, with man. TikTok. So I'm at. At Rampage Wesley on TikTok too. So Twitter, okay. I'm oh, at Page nice. Wesley, and then okay. I'm like at Rampage oh. Wesley everywhere else. And this show okay, has cool. socials. Yes, you could follow this show at Romancing <laughs> the Pod Show on all social media platforms. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Yes, have a great week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>